Every day is a brand new adventure. So let's embark on this journey together. City News 570 presents Kitchener Today. Here's special guest host, Stuart Reynolds. But you probably know him better as Brittle Star. There we go. That was exciting. Uh, getting a really fancy intro. I feel kind of important now. I feel like family. Any day now, I'll be underpaid and underappreciated, just like everyone else here. That'll be nice. Um, welcome. You're listening to Kitchener Today on City News 570. Again, uh, my name is Stuart Reynolds, or better known online as Brittle Star, or as in the profile there, Brittle Star. Or as I was announced last night at an event, Stuart Brittle Star Reynolds, like it was my nickname when I was eight, which it wasn't. It was a nickname I made up when I was 43. It's a much more grown-up nickname. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff today, and it's going to be super fun, and I hope you enjoy it. And I really encourage you uh, to call in if you're listening. If you're out there, you're at home, and you're thinking, gosh, it's kind of gross out. Maybe I'll call in and uh, share some conversation, share some information. That'd be great. If you're driving, make sure it's hands-free. Okay? I don't want you to driving with your knees. We don't want to have that kind of thing going on. We want to make sure that people are safe. We're going to talk about a couple of things. The first thing we're going to talk about, though, is uh, some everyday tips. And I want to know from you some cool everyday tips. And I'll give you an example here as I bring them up on the interwebs. Um, things like I've got a list of like laundry hacks here. So things like hair curlers, apparently, will help with fur if you have pets or if you have a furry spouse and you're trying to get rid of that fur in the dryer, uh, you would maybe want to use hair curlers. Just throw them in the dryer there, and that gets rid of the fur. Or if you have stains, like if you have some serious stains, stains, you can use apparently uh, like dishwasher detergent pods. I don't know if I would do that. It seems like a, a sketchy thing to do. So that kind of thing. So if you have any kind of tips to make everyday life a bit better... I want you to call in. The number to call in is 519-570-2545. Or if you're calling from very far away, it's 1-800-570-5715. 1-800-570-5715. Or if you're calling in from 1997, star 570 from your cell phone. Uh, we're going to talk to Bobby Umar. So, uh, Bobby, did I do it right? There we go. I think I hit the right button. Awesome. Hey, Bobby, how you doing? I'm good, Stuart. How are you doing? Just fine, thank you. Thanks for calling in. I really appreciate it. I'm going to ask you uh, some questions, and, and you've got some some everyday tips to make life easier and better and guaranteed success. <laughs> Is that too much? <laughs> that's, that's, that's ominous. It's daunting. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you got? Well, you know, I was going to start with a quick story, which is, and I, I know we all struggle with our phones, so, you know, the basic tips of, you know, uh, stop doom scrolling and turning off your notifications and keep your phone away from the dinner table, things like that. Right. But you know, one of the things I want to mention was just the idea of just to go for a walk without your phone. Because mm-hmm. one time I did this, because we're so addicted to the phones. Right? You, you go with your keys, your mask, and your phone. That's what it is nowadays. So I walked to Tim's the other day, and I was in the, in the lineup, and, I, and I'm watching people because I'm a people watcher. Yeah. And pretty soon I'm thinking about what I can tweet about that person I just saw. So, oh, yeah, that's interesting. He just he just went for a quadruple, triple for his coffee. I got to tweet that out. And I went to pull my phone out. I was like, wait, where the hell is my phone? Because <laughs> I purposely decided to not take it. And I realized, oh, my God, I think in tweets. Right, of I course. think in tweets. Oh, my gosh. And so that made me realize how addicted I am to not only my phone, but also Twitter. Right. And so I was like, okay, I got to do this more often. I got to go for walks. 
And I found this app. It was, I found this really cool app uh, with, called PQ Reps. And what it makes you do, it makes you go for like a two, a five, or a 12-minute walk. Okay. And it makes you focus on things around. So you're listening to the sounds. You're feeling the feet on the pavement. You're looking at things like trees and things in front of you, and you're focusing on them. And, oh, my gosh, ever, after I started doing that, I came back to work feeling very refreshed and very focused. That's pretty great. I mean, I, I, there's my initial reaction to that tip is, I think it's a great tip to sort of be able to disconnect yourself for sure. I think, the, first of all, that's the important thing is that, that idea of, like, you don't have to be connected all the time because for, you know, for hundreds and thousands of years, we just weren't connected like that as much as we are currently today. My first thing, though, is I, I panic. I think, oh, God, what if something happens? What if, what if I'm out there and something happens? And not even like something happens like I want to tweet it, which I am thinking anyway, um, but also that idea like what if, I, what if I've got to do something? Did you have any of that kind of panic when you did that at all? Uh, no, I think I think the panic always happens when you walk around and you're like fishing for you know you fish for your keys. You're fishing for your phone. Like, oh, do right. I? Oh, there it is in that in that pocket. That's the only type of panic if I'm out because it's so essential to my work and my life. And uh, so I, I'm certainly addicted to my phone. Uh, but I wasn't panicking. I was purposely intentful going to Tim's to not have my phone. But then I realized, oh my gosh, I think in tweets. Right, exactly. Um, so when you're out there and, and you're out for a walk, here's a question for you. As we come into this sort of early spring, in uh, especially where we are here in southwestern Ontario, um, it's, a, it's a gamble when you're going out. So do you have any tips for people on what to wear when you're going out for a walk? Like what's the, what's the golden thing? Because sometimes I find if I go out and it's cold and I'm wearing a big jacket and it's no good, or if I, like, it's, there's a lot of things involved. Do you have any tips that we could use to, uh, to better enjoy the outdoors at this weird weather time? You know, it's funny you say that, because every time I dress lightly, it's freezing. Every time I dress warm, <laughs> I'm burning exactly. up, right? It's like a guarantee. <laughs> so I think, I think the trick is, I'll say that the, the key is backpack, right? Right. Because you go in with the hoodie, you, you go in with the, the hat, you go in with the, the hat for rain, the, the hoodie or the, you know, to cover your head, you have the jacket, and if you have your backpack, you put in the backpack. Or I'm walking around, oh, you know, I'm going to pick up some groceries, I got a backpack. So having a backpack, I, I, often, I often take my backpack out because you never know. That's a good. That's a good plan. I think that's good, and I think it's funny because I. I uh, first of all, if you're listening to this uh, online or if you're listening on the radio, feel free to call in with your everyday tip. It's five one nine five seven zero two five four five five one nine five seven zero two five four five. Or if you're calling from very far away, 1-800-570-5715, 1-800-570-5715, or star five seventy from your cell phone. Um, it's funny because my. Uh, younger son actually both my sons and i mean they're not that young anymore they're 20 and 23 but for forever they everywhere they go they take a backpack with them and i think why why wasn't i doing that well because initially you're like ah who needs a backpack that's dumb that's really silly to have a backpack but now i'm thinking it's great because you're prepared for everything well yeah that that's why people uh people have purses i mean it just makes sense to like to have something to carry all your stuff as opposed to you know shoving that gigantic wall in your back pocket and it hurts your back when you sit down anywhere. I mean, having a backpack for just little things, whatnot. You know, now we have water bottles. Maybe you have a spare mask. Yeah. I, and and I think I think for me, like having a backpack is uh, fantastic wherever I go. I'm always packing a backpack. It's kind of like the it's like when you know the mom would always have her like her big purse and she would get all the stuff. Do you find you're getting all the stuff now from your family when you're heading out? They're like, Dad, can you carry this? 
Uh, well, I'm, I'm usually the guy that will yeah plan the water bottles, I'll plan the granola bar snacks, and plan plan the bag of tissues. That's just kind of, <laughs> I'm, the, I'm, I'm the organizer in the family. Well, that's no, good. Sorry that's... to my wife, but, but, that's, but that's me. <laughs> I'm going to come back to you in a second, Bobby. I'm just going to listen to see if Mary has a, t- a tip for us. Hey, Mary, you're on the air. What's your everyday tip? Oh, well, I'm heading into the year 80, mm-hmm. and I didn't grow up with all this stuff. <laughs> but what really gets my goat, and I have an iPhone, and uh-huh. I have an iPad. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go down to Myrtle Beach for three months, Jan- uh, December, January, February, and what irks me is all the people that are listening to phones, right. and not listening to the waves, sure. to enjoy, uh, bring in all the nature, see the dolphins. Like, to me, like, they should shut those darn things <laughs> off once in a while and enjoy life. I agree with you. I and totally agree. It, it'll be invigorating. I, I agree with you and completely. Yeah. I think. I thank you so much for calling in, Mary. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, it's true, as Mary said there. I think you know we get we have the the phones which have become they they've created so much convenience for us. Right there, we're we're able to talk to each other. We're able to uh, connect. We can share things easily, and there's so much convenience to them, which is amazing. But at the same time, they've kind of become appendages. Uh, digital appendages, and they and like we can't seem to let them go. So I think Bobby, I think you're right in that notion that uh, a good tip is to just to, and as Mary said, to just take a, a break every now and then. Yeah, I, th- I think that uh, you can probably have a top 100 list of all the phone things you can do that are that are better for your health <laughs> to avoid certain things and to be better with connecting, like to be in the moment with people. Because I see it all the time. My daughter had a sleepover party, and two of the, her besties were on their phones. And they were on their phones uh, in their sleeping bags. And I'm like, aren't you guys going to talk about stuff and tell stories? And I just couldn't believe it. <laughs> it's really funny. And I think like there's, I mean, obviously I think there's benefits uh, to uh, to the, the, the phone culture uh, as well as there are drawbacks for sure as well. But I think that notion of, uh, you know, appreciating where you are, as Mary said, and just listening to the waves, and as you said, just feeling like your feet on the pavement and being really aware and being very, very present is really important. I'm going to talk to Kyle now. Hey, Kyle, you're on the air. What's your everyday tip, or what do you have to add? Um, so right now, I'm in a bit of a challenge, but my everyday tip is right now is drink lots of water. Yep. And my uh, all my friends are doing this right now, but what we're doing is where we send each other videos of just us dancing and just having fun. That's Another amazing. Day, and you know what? It's just a positivity thing. Like, I'm my diet's terrible. Like, I love fast food and stuff. So right. For me, drinking water is a struggle. But yeah, that's what we do. We wake up, we tell each other what we're going to do. We try to do a good deed every day, whether it's being positive to someone or whatever. So that's what we've been focusing on for 30 days it's a 30-day challenge to see how far we get that's phenomenal have you noticed the difference i mean i think my wife is someone who has really gotten me into drinking water i was never really a a, a efficient water drinker i would wait until i was like super thirsty i know that a lot there's also like a lot of people who drink way too much water and uh but i found if sometimes if i'm hungry and if i I think mel let's have a glass of water that usually kind of my body goes oh well that's good enough for now um and i find myself if i'm tired or if i'm have you noticed big benefits from drinking more water uh, yeah, I can tell you in the last couple of days for sure. Like I, I we used to wake up groggy and tired. I yeah. want to go back to bed and stuff. And now I feel more awake and alert. And I'm not a bit. I got like coffee too, but I haven't had coffee in a couple of days just because you know. And I don't drink like regular water. Like I like I like the carbonation feel of right. it. So I do love like yeah. carbonated water. But uh, yeah, I do I do notice a big difference already in the last couple of days. Well, that's fantastic. We'll keep it up, Kyle. Thanks so much for calling in. Yeah. 
Uh, well, that's interesting. I want to talk to Lorraine here as well. Uh, Lorraine, do you have uh, you're on the air? Do you have a, a tip for us? Yes. Now I agree with the fellow ahead with uh, drinking water. It, it flushes you out mm-hmm. anyway. But also, every morning I'm in my early 80s, and mm-hmm. every morning I get up and I go out when I'm in the bathroom. I open the window and leave it open for about two minutes and stick my head out and just breathe in fresh air. Oh yeah. And then I go downstairs and I you know when I open the front door I do the same. Or sometimes I open my windows and door all of them and let all the air fill your house. That's great. And I don't wear a mask outside. Uh-huh. That air is perfect. Right. So the, uh, the uh, did you, you do that all year round as well? Yep. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so easy, especially living in Canada and, uh, and especially having gone through the pandemic and stuff, it's so easy to just spend, I'd find there's days I would be like, it would be dinner time and I'd be like, I don't think I went outside at all today. Yeah. And I, I very often, even in the winter, go out to my backyard and look around and just, yeah, I, just, I have a lot of trees and bushes and everything. So, again, d- just enjoying nature. It's fantastic. Well, thank yeah. you so much, Lorraine. I really appreciate that. Thanks okay. for calling in. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, that that's a great tip. So drinking water is really good, really smart. I think being more present is really smart. And then I think Lorraine's tip of just opening the window, which is kind of the same thing, which is really interesting, uh, Bobby, is that, you know, people... Uh, their their tips are gravitating towards just being more present in the moment. Are we like super not present now? Is that what's happening? Well, I think you you take on the whole idea of technology as well as with the whole thing with uh, the pandemic and being kind of insular and being in our, our homes or apartments or basements. And so I think we're starting to think about the best tips are really about those things. And uh, I, I have a short little tip about the drinking water thing that yeah. is also really that, that brought up, which is uh, I have my little my, my water bottle, which is probably like maybe maybe it's a liter of water, and uh, I I chug the entire thing in the morning, so I, I drink the whole thing. Wow! To get my water going in the day, and then and then through the rest of the day, I'm just kind of doing a little bit here and there, but it uh, certainly gets me started. Now tell me this, so because my wife is a is a big water drinker, she's she. And it's not like she sort of forces herself. She's now, she just happens to drink water all the time. And, uh, but I find like now she'll be like, oh, I got to get some water. I got to get some, like, are you finding you're like desperate for water now? Like have you created a different homeostasis for your body? Is that what's happened? Hmm. I, I don't think so. I mean, for <laughs> me, uh, you know, not at all. Like I, I, I love water because I'm, I'm also diabetic. So I don't right. drink pop. I don't drink juice. Yeah. So water is the only thing that I really find uh, nourishing, but it's got to be super cold. For me, I'm like super cold water. To go, right. Oh my God, it's freezing, but I love cold water. Well, see, that's interesting because my wife is, uh, she'll ask me to get her water and it has to be, we have one of those cooler things in the house and uh, with the big, huge jug of water on top and um, it has to be half and half. It has to be room temperature and it has to be cold water at the same time. I don't think there's a benefit between either one, is there really? Apart just preference? Uh, I've heard there's benefits for not super cold water, but uh, right. you know, I don't care. <laughs> I'm drinking the water and I eat it. So I got nothing to drink, man. I got nothing to drink. I also don't drink alcohol either. So what am I going to drink? Yeah, exactly. Got to drink something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's fair enough. Everyone's got to have a vice. And if your vice is cold water, I mean, I think you're living a pretty virtuous life. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, there's a whole other list of vices, but we won't, we won't get into there. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break uh, right now, and then we'll come back to Kitchener Today on City News 570 and more with Bobby. Thanks. Welcome back to Kitchener Today, Tomorrow, The World. I'm just renaming the show on City News 570. Um, We're talking about everyday tips, 
and we're trying to figure out some good. We've had some good ones so far. We've been drink water is good to take a break from your phone and be more present. Um, and we had a really great one about uh, opening your window, just making a point of every morning opening a window and sticking your head outside because sometimes we just don't get to go outside. Um, on some more laundry tips, some of them are a bit. I think they're no good, to be honest. They're a bit weird. Like there's, uh, there's your microwave oven can help you get rid of the stale smell of laundry. Don't I don't I don't think you should put your laundry in the microwave. I mean, it, I don't think it would catch fire. But what if there's like metal buttons or something? That's weird. Um, and then there's another one here that is uh, let your bed sheets rest after washing them in order not to iron them. Do people iron their bed sheets? They just get stretched out. Who cares? Why are people ironing their bed sheets? Don't waste your life. That's my tip to you is don't waste your life, your precious few moments on earth, ironing your bed sheets. But if you do, if you do iron your bed sheets, this is an actual good tip. I like this one is that you can actually use, which I, this is a really simple one. The corner of your ironing board at the bottom can help you iron fitted sheets. Plus, if you're ironing fitted sheets, though, I mean, why are you punishing yourself? That's what I want to know. Uh, we're talking to Bobby Umar, and he had some great tips about being more present and not being your phone. Uh, Bobby, do you have any more tips for us at all? Anything you can think of? I'm still stuck on the people who are ironing their bed sheets. <laughs> no, right? Wild? Isn't that wild? Yeah, I, I don't understand that. And there was, was like so five tips about ironing your bed sheets and making them like, I mean, like I used to work for a hotel. And, uh, and I know, I mean, I used to iron sheets for the hotel because I worked, it was a very small hotel. I worked front desk, but then it was quiet in the evenings and the off season. My job was you're going to iron sheets. And I'd be like, okay, I'm ironing sheets. And, uh, yeah, I know the hassle, but in real life, like in my own life, I'm not that there's, who am I going to complain to about wrinkly sheets? Nobody who's doing that. It's private. I get it. Uh, and you know, that it reminds me of another tip I'll give to people, which is I used to have trouble falling asleep. And so I was the type of guy, I have, I'm thinking of all my life in my head, you know, what I'm doing the next day or the next week. And so I would take on average about 45 minutes to fall asleep. And I actually invested in learning how to sleep more quickly. So I read an article mm. where military people, they learn how to rest the muscles in their eyes to have them kind of fall and, and go into deep sleep. And then I focused on another uh, tactic that was about uh, thinking of like a, a campfire uh, or some sort of thing that you can focus on as you're breathing. Right. And, you fall asleep. and now I track my sleep with my Fitbit, and I'm falling asleep uh, within 10, 10 minutes. And it's, it's been amazing. I've been tracking my sleep. It's gone way better during the pandemic. But the ability to fall asleep faster and, and investing in that practice it took about three, four weeks. But now I'm actually really good at it. It's been amazing. Amazing. That's fantastic. I'll talk quickly to Lorraine here. Lorraine, you're on the air. You have more tips for us? Yes, I was just thinking about when you're talking about laundry, and I hang my my laundry out, even in the winter. Right. It's so freshening. <clears throat> it smells so good. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, and it's a funny story. My mom, well, I'm in my 80s, so right. I know how old she would have been. She used to iron everything, including socks. Oh, wow. That's wild. <laughs> and underwear. Oh, man. Man, I, I wish I could be that. I spoiled. I think that was unusable then. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much, Lorraine. Thank you. I'm going to talk to Mary really quickly as well. Hey, Mary, you're on the air. Oh, I'll be quick, but Lorraine stole my thunder. <laughs> uh, <laughs> She's like that. <laughs> well, we're about the same vintage, and um, <laughs> in my home, we, we, we didn't iron underwear. I yeah. Mean, uh, uh, but I used to go for summer holidays to an um, aunt's, and I couldn't believe that uh, um, she ironed all the underwear. Right. <laughs> I was totally, totally, and I said to my mother, 
what's up with all that? <laughs> Who's deciding? Thank you so much, Mary. I appreciate you calling in. Thank you. Uh, who's deciding that, that you should iron underwear? That's really weird. I uh, Thanks so much for your tips, Bobby. I just really want to thank you for, for calling in and sharing that information. It was really good, and hopefully we've made some people's lives better, and hopefully we've made some people stop ironing sheets, I think. That's, that's hope the... so, too. Thanks. <laughs> oh, by, hey, by the way, can, can I give one more tip? Yes, please. Okay, quick tip. So this one is really big, and I, I wanted to share it before we get off. Sure. Which is tracking things you lose, like losing keys, losing your phones. I love using tile, the tile. Yeah. So it's basically this technology piece where you basically attach it to your key, yes. attach it to your phone. I love that. Have, using tiles, we have tiles on everything, the remotes, the phones, the keys. When you lose stuff, you just find, if you lose something, you find the tile thing, it'll beep, or you can actually find the exact location on your website to figure it out. I love that. Amazing. Thank you so much, Bobby. I really appreciate you calling in and uh, lots of great tips. Take care, Bobby. We're going to stop for a quick news break now. Coming up after the news, we're going to talk about those indecisions you have, and we're going to help you decide them. So if you've got something you've undecided on, we're going to help you decide it. Let some strangers guide your life. Hey there, welcome back to Kitchener Today on City News 570. I'm Brittle Star, better known to my mother as Stuart Reynolds. Um... And uh, we're talking about decisions, specifically indecisions. One of the things that is uh, really my least favorite thing ever is, is when I'm stuck on a decision and I don't know what to do. And it doesn't have to be a big thing. It could be a small thing. I'll give you an example. <clears throat> the example is uh, uh, we were looking for a rug, like just an area rug for our family room. Nothing very big, but it could have been any between four by six or five by seven. And we, the more we looked for these uh, these rugs, the more difficult this decision became. And it should not be a difficult decision because really, I don't care that much about the area rug in my family room. I really don't. Is it nice? That's fine. That's all I'm really after. But this indecision was horrible. And, my, and we finally decided on one. We ended up finding something we liked that was the right size. We ordered it online. And my wife and I said, let's never do that again because it really tested our relationship. Not so much that we were necessarily disagreeing with each other, but we both felt the stress of indecision. So what I want from you, the listener, is uh, to call in and let us know if there's a specific indecision you have right now. It could be about choosing a rug. It could be about choosing to go to school. It could be about changing jobs or moving cities or leaving your partner. Even that kind of heavy thing. Listen, we're untrained. We're uh, not professionals. But we will uh, try our best to to help you. I'm going to bring on uh, decision-making expert Bob Roth. Bob, thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Uh, do you ever get stuck on decisions at all? Oh, yes. Um, something that's really bad for me is, is procrastinating about mm. uh, taking an action, which really is, I mean, if not indecision, sand and hand with indecision. Um, I've had to learn uh, different uh, skills as I've aged, uh, to help deal with procrastination and, and making decisions. Uh, the first of which, like, uh, you mentioned for your example with the rug. Yeah. First, first decide, do I actually care? <laughs> exactly. and, if, and if you don't care, uh, you know, it might be better for you to literally walk away from the decision and say, it doesn't matter what gets, what gets chosen because I'm sure whatever it is will be fine. And, you know, I have no preference over this, over that. Right, right. So we put too much stock into these decisions. We put too much, like, we're worried about the consequences when the consequences don't weigh up to much. 
basically. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would think of it as another one as well, like a bigger one. We had to, uh, our, our car was getting a little bit run down and we thought we better get a new car. And I, I mean, I love cars. I, I like driving cars. I like, you know, I love the luxury of having a car. It's really great. Um, but at the same time, I hate car shopping because I feel like I'm going to make a mistake. And, I, and it was really horrible. So I ended up being like, ah, we'll just take the same kind of car we have except a different color and newer. And we'll just get that. Let's just do that. And I think there's that, that worry about consequence at all. Is there any way to get away from that worry of consequences? For decisions like that, uh, I think you have to rely on numbers. Yeah. Um, get yourself a spreadsheet. Uh, state what it is that you're looking for. Like, I'm looking for an SUV. I'm looking for a truck. Right. I'm looking for whatever. And then, you know, uh, start looking at the best examples of that that you can find and start writing down on a spreadsheet, on a spreadsheet that you make yourself you know, um, what does this one have versus this one have? And, uh, you know, how much weight? It, it seems like a lot of work, but if, if you let numbers uh, make the decision for you, you feel much more confident about it. Right. So it has to be down to metrics, imperial thinking, and, and all that kind of stuff where you're really right. weighing the pros and cons like in a in a quantitative way and like by to the numbers, as you said. And you can kind of do that with, with things in general. I think that's kind of what we did with the rug, weirdly, as we were thinking about it. Well, we, it can't be, we started to rule things out. Well, it can't be this kind of rug because it's going to show this kind of, if we drop this on it, it's going to stain. Or it can't be this kind of thing because it's going to look... It's going to be too high for the vacuum or something like that type of stuff. So really you have to go down to the pros and cons. If you've got a decision that you're stuck on, any decision, say you want to leave your job, say you want to go to school, say you want to uh, buy that uh, shirt with the weird pattern, uh, call in right now. It's 519-570-2545, 519-570-2545. Or if you're calling from far away, like if you're on Twitter, I know there's a lot of people on Twitter right now that are listening to the live feed. 1-800-570-5715, 1-800-570-5715. The number's right there in the tweet. Or star 570 from your Motorola StarTac phone. Um, let's talk to Mary for a second here. Hey, Mary, thanks for calling back in. I appreciate it. Have you ever oh been stuck? Lord, uh, you think I'm doing nothing? I'm cooking. <laughs> I'm just glad I you're here. I am not an, uh, standing here listening. I don't do that. Or I'm on my exercise bike. I lost 25 pounds. Through the COVID. Just listening to me. That's good. No. <laughs> no, no, no. But however, however, uh, my um, advice for the case is um, I do. I go out by myself and I pick it out and I right. just say, here, you, this is it. Right. Um, so it's a I gut feeling. When, when I went out, when we knew we couldn't go to Myrtle Beach and I, like I say, we're getting up in the 80s. You sure. You don't want to break a bone. So uh, I said... Uh, we should get an exercise bike, not right. like the elliptical. Right. And so I called somebody on Victoria, and, of course, my husband had something else, and he said, that's too expensive. Praise the Lord, he was sick that day. Right. And I went down, and I bought it. <laughs> and I said, I never told him. I didn't tell him until I say, well, guess what? Today we're getting an exercise bike delivered. And um, he thanks me. Well, that's every great. Every day, because it's comfortable. Right, right. Yeah. Well, that's... So it was, uh, they were um, they were taking out all their floor models. But if I didn't buy that one, I would have had to wait. That was September. I would have had to wait to January. Right. And, and you know, sometimes you have to take the bull by the horns yeah. and just say, and then, then, you know, it's just like a woman saying, you, you, wear, you get a new dress, and then you come down, and he says, oh, is that a nice dress? How did you get that? <laughs> oh. 
I've had it for years. <laughs> so that's the key. The key to decision making is to try to make sure your your spouse isn't there with you when you're making a decision, and then just to lie to them. I think that's this is that's good marital advice, Mary. I appreciate that. That's great. Thank you so much. Uh, that's pretty fantastic. I think that's probably not too far off the mark as far as making decisions. If you're stuck on a decision and we want to help you make it, uh, you can use uh, Mary's advice and just uh, try to make sure that your partner is not feeling well that day and then just go with your gut, um, which is a good thing. I think that's actually a really good uh, a good approach to uh, to making decisions sometimes. Is it, Bob, you were saying, of course, being very empirical and very, very quantitative, but there's other stuff where you just kind of have to go with your gut. Do you find yourself just going with your gut sometimes? <laughs> Some of the biggest decisions I've ever made were made uh, on, like, snap my fingers. It took me uh, about uh, two minutes to make the decision. Right. And, uh, uh, for instance, uh, uh, my current and uh, last relationship (laughs) that I'm with, uh, um, we basically got together, you know, uh, fairly fast. We, We knew that we were right for each other. And then uh, it was uh, we were asking the question: uh, Should we maybe like move in together? Yeah. And uh, we we made that decision in about two minutes. Was, yep, I think so. And I mean, it's going well, great so far. That's fantastic. That's great. So it was like, did you feel like when you hit those gut decisions? Would you sort of just use your gut to make a decision? Is it? Do you think it's always really really clear, or do you second guess yourself at all? Well, uh, it's important not to second guess yourself, even though you will want to. Um, like you have to realize the the type of decision that you're making. Sometimes it's a quantitative thing. Right. You can't really you can't really quantify should I move in with this person? Yes. Or or do I love this person? Go with your then go with your gut feel and trust. Uh, like once you make once you make the decision, once you say the decision out loud in your head, uh, you you might listen for a yay or a no. <laughs> <laughs> if so, you hear that yay, you've made the right one. I I think honestly, subconsciously, we already know what the right decision is right. for those big decisions that you don't need to quantify something. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a conversation about, uh, and this brings us into intuition, which is always interesting conversation because I was on a, a show one time about uh, it was all about intuition called Intuitual Intuitionology, um, and uh, my view of intuition is that we're making those gut decisions are being made quantitatively in the background of our head. Like we, we have actually analyzed the numbers in our head as such. And mm-hmm. even though they feel like gut decisions, it's because we actually have weighed the pros and cons out subconsciously. Do you think that's something close to the truth? Oh, yes. Uh, our, our subconscious or unconscious mind, it doesn't do facts and numbers um, the way that our conscious mind does. But it absolutely is measuring things all the time, and uh, it commu- I think it communicates with our conscious mind, which is what's actually in control. But really, our unconscious mind is always working, and so we suddenly, you know, um, we get a good feeling about a decision. That's our unconscious mind saying, "Yep." You know, based on based on my <laughs> in depth analysis, and uh, you know, by the way, I also have a fear of kangaroos, but that shouldn't have anything to do with the rugs. But <laughs> you never know. We chose our rug because it was uh, the most uh, kangaroo friendly rug. That's why we chose it. But that just happened to be the case. We didn't know that until we got it home and read the the sheet that came with it. Um, with pockets, <laughs> can do you think you should like? Do you think like because I mean, it's great to just trust your gut, right? If you don't second guess yourself and you're just trusting your gut to kind of, you know, make these decisions, do you think that you can quantify uh, 
people? Like, can you, can you, like, when people sit down and, and about relationships specifically, when you sit down with a relationship, can you be like, well, here's a point system, and I'm going to give them one point for a good thing and zero points for a bad. Can you do that with people? Uh, uh, to a point system as in applying strict values to something? Well, maybe. No. no. But, but looking at pros and cons, absolutely. Right. Um, before you before you enter in, into any sort of relationship with someone, um, uh, one of the worst things that people do is, is ignore red flags. Yeah. Or, or yellow flags. Right. People like to talk about that, but I like the concept of red and yellow flags, which would be, you know, in the con. If you get a yellow flag, that doesn't necessarily count against them, but watch for that now. Because, yeah. you know, your subconscious is trying to tell you something. And if you see a red flag, or if your friends, especially, um, come to you and say, hey, this, this thing here is a red flag, and you're like, oh, no, you just don't understand. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe, you're, maybe you've got blinders, because the worst thing that people have is they have blinders once they've determined that they, right. that they just love this person, and then you don't see it. Right. You, you, can't, you, you don't see it. Well, trust your friends. I mean, you have, you have friends for a reason. Right. Right. They were able to give you that kind of objective viewpoint, that sort of 10,000-foot view of you that you just can't right. get, which is important. You can't because you're right there. Yeah. Your nose is too close to the canvas. I just want to jump over to my co-host, Mary. Hey, Mary, you're back on the air. Oh what do you have God. to add? You've got all my subjects. <laughs> my Lord. That's God. good. That's great. Um, so I, um, my husband, uh, this is my third marriage, and I'm not a trollop. <laughs> My first husband was a dud, and my, <laughs> and my second husband, um, he had health difficulties, right. and he passed away in 1999, mm-hmm. and I was quite happy with my situation. Um, I would never go on these dating sites. Right. Um, I I was happy with my life. Yeah. And, um, you know, one bad, one good, you say, well, t- take your losses and go home. Right. Um, so anyway, uh, and, and, and this was our, da- our daughters-in-law. Mm-hmm. They, um, they said that this particular person was uh, ready to meet someone. And would I like to? Right. And I said, well, sure. What's wrong with going out for lunch? Yeah. Now, I have to say this. It wasn't, um, what do you call it, sparks and whatever. Right. Yeah, it wasn't he fireworks. Was nice. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he was a nice guy. Uh-huh. And, 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 you know, um, but over, so that was the end of April, and I never said yes. He asked me quite quickly. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, my mother used to say, all the men want is sex. Uh-huh. That's what she said. Right. However, however, um, in November, we had gone to Crete, and um, I finally said to him, in fact, you will be laugh at this. <laughs> I was talking to another couple. Mm-hmm. And I think they felt we should get married. Right. They felt that you and this gent should get married. Yeah. Right. So uh, I thought about it a little bit more. So you hadn't and, thought about it before then? Well, I thought about it. Right. But anyway, they were um, Gideon Bible people. And um, um, so the, I think they gently suggested. Right. <laughs> uh, and then, so I'm walking with the guy. Yeah. And my husband's walking with his wife. And I said to the guy... You know what? John and I are going to get married. That's amazing. Yeah, That's but John a- didn't know it. Right. Right. So I told him first, and he said, he said, congratulations, John. And he said, what for? 
well, you're going to get married. <laughs> oh, so I said, um, I'm not, I won't change my name, and he right. said he won't wear a wedding ring. And right. I said, hey, it's a win-win. <laughs> there you go. It's an easy out, a social out. <laughs> so tell me, we've established the fact, Mary, that you're not a trollop, which is really good to know. And secondly, I want to ask you, you were saying you know, didn't use dating sites. What do you think about these dating apps where you can swipe left, swipe right on people you meet, and it, and it hook? oh, we've lost Mary. But I'll actually, I'll ask the question to Bob as well. Um, maybe she's lost in the dating apps. Um, she's probably going to moving on to her fourth marriage. We never know if things right. didn't work out with John. She's going to move on to somebody else. And listen, go you go, Mary. Um, but what do we think about the dating apps? Because they try to quantify that decision making in a relationship perspective. Are they good or bad? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer. Yes. The answer is yes. Uh, uh, I think that there is. Um, a lot of something to it. Mm-hmm. If you go on, if you go on some of the um, the other sites, uh, uh, better sites that you maybe have to pay for. Because um, I went when my uh, when my first and long-standing relationship uh, ended, I uh, eventually found myself over on um, what was plenty of fish or something, and and God, what a cess- <laughs> what a cesspool of of, of just. Nastiness and 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 rudeness. Um, uh, so in in that in my case, they didn't do a thing for me. Right. So uh, yeah, I I got into my current relationship because uh, uh, she had called me up and and said, "Hey, uh, would you like to? Could if I went over to karaoke at some point, could I uh, could I sit at your table there?" And I said, "Well, sure, you can." And uh, you know, like I don't see these things. I'm not realizing that, and so I was telling my friends later, and they said, "Idiot!" <laughs> like, <laughs> she was expressing interest. You idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Most guys are idiots, though. I'm just going to stop for a quick break. You're listening to Kitchener today on City News 570. Hey there, you're back listening to Kitchener today. If you're listening to this tomorrow, you're too late. Um, on City News 570, I'm Brittle Star, better known to my mom as Stuart Reynolds. We're talking about indecisions and being stuck on indecisions and how to get past them. And then that led us into a conversation about relationships and if you can quantify those relationships. And that led us into a conversation about dating apps. Because dating apps have gone the furthest, I think, in quantifying people's compatibility and if, you can, if they're going to be a good match for you. And I want to bring Kyle on. Hey, Kyle, thanks for calling in. What's your comment on dating apps? All right, so people that are regular listeners know that I've been on dating apps for about two and a half years. Now. Right. <laughs> That's all right. That's honestly, the no, it's honestly the worst. Like <laughs> it is. Like I, okay, swipe left, swipe left. You're only allowed so many um, swipes per 20, per per day. Are you? Yeah, like on Tinder and Bumble and all those ones. Yeah, and then and then after you run out, they say, well, if you want to upgrade for two hundred ninety nine dollars <gasps> a year, no, it's and not. I'm like, I'm spending three hundred dollars to find love. I mean, I. Can <laughs> I can go and find a trip and go go somewhere down south to like the Bahamas or something and, and spend a nice weekend and find my love there then. Yeah. I'm spending $300 on an app just to sleep left or right in my bedroom, you know? So, right. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. They're, they're fun to go and they're like, I mean, I mean, I've talked to a really a lot of nice people. Yeah. You know, I've, I've met some pretty cool people and stuff, but I mean, based on looks and not by, uh, 
not by date. Like, not by nobody. Nobody pays attention to what your bio is. Like, I, even I don't even really? put my bio in it anymore. Oh yeah, I don't even put my bio in anymore because nobody reads it. They always ask, "Well, what do you do? What do you do?" It's like, do you not read what I said in my bio? Right. So it's either that or a lot of people just want Instagram followers, which I don't mind. I mean, like, whatever. Yeah. Like, if you want to go and try to get more followers and you're doing it on a dating app, good for you. But I mean, right. it's not just not for me, right? <laughs> it's fascinating to me. So I, I sort of was under the impression that there was much more of like, "Hey, look, this person person is compatible," but you're saying that's largely or mostly just aesthetic. It's just like how people look. Oh, yeah, and I have the biggest dad bod ever, so like, right. I probably have a lot of bad luck, too. Cause There's like, nothing wrong with the dad bod, let me tell you. No, but I mean, a lot of girls are like, oh, you should see the meatheads on here that are like, have their shirts off and stuff. I'm like, how do they do that? Like, I, I don't have the confidence to do that, you know? I mean, I, I don't know. It's for me, I'm, I, like, I, listen, I'd love to get in a relationship with somebody, you know, have a serious, like, I'm 30, I'm almost 33 years old, homeowner and all that stuff, right? right? That's a cat, you're a catch. Oh, well. <laughs> Maybe not to someone in Canada, maybe somewhere else around the world, but uh, no, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I'm not, it, it, like I said, I'm on all of them. They're fun. They're, they're, it's cool to meet people, especially during the pandemic right. when it's really hard and all that stuff, right? But uh, now that the bars are opening up and, and, you know, you could actually go meet somebody, maybe, you know, the old-fashioned way of dating is coming back, right? Interesting, so. interesting. So you, you, would you prefer to go back to the old way? And like as you were saying, you wouldn't spend, like, you, love is worth, there's a price threshold for love, and it's 300 bucks for you. And it's like, if it's not, over 300 bucks, it's not worth it. So... If if would you go back to like the would you ditch the apps altogether and just go out to bars or go out to like you know it doesn't have to be bars it could be bars libraries wherever that type of stuff to meet people? Oh yeah, for sure. I think I mean like whatever. Like you know, you can start up a conversation with somebody so quick at a when yeah. meeting them in person, right? It's not that, and then you kind of get you already kind of know how they are. You could t- I could text somebody for three weeks. Right. You got a connection. You meet them in you know you meet them in one day, and it's like okay, we're not even we're not compatable. compatible right? Yeah. And then, well, and then you just wasted three weeks of texting with somebody. You know, where I could go and meet somebody, let's say for a coffee or or uh, you know a drink or somewhere in that. You know, okay, yeah, sure. I spend the money to go out there and drive and pay pay for them or right. whatever, right? And but you know what? Who cares? Like that's that's the whole point of the, the dating. But I mean, like swipe left and swipe left based on looks and all that stuff. I think they're kind of. It's not how it used to be, right? Where you actually put your effort into a profile. Now I could just go and pick up a couple of pictures off my Facebook, use it as a dating profile, and, <laughs> and that's it, right? So. Not with that dad Bobby bod you don't. Again, there's a whole market out there for that. Trust me. There's a whole market. Exactly. Anyways, thank you. Thanks for calling, man. I appreciate it. Um, it's interesting, uh, you know, using that sort of that that sort of gut feeling to make these decisions and specifically with uh, dating apps is sort of like looking at pictures and going, Oh, well maybe this is the right person for me, but it's very, very interesting. We've got Mary back here again and uh, Mary, you're back oh. on there. We lost you briefly. We thought you'd gone out on a oh, dating app. No, 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 no. Uh, like I said, I wasn't, a, wasn't a troll, <laughs> but, but, but my second husband's name was John Joseph. Okay. And then I was introduced um, to my second, uh, third husband, mm-hmm. and um, that was many years later. His name was John, uh-huh. and I said, "Oh my God, what's your second name?" Yeah, he said Joseph. No, said, oh my God. So you've got a type, and it's just a name. And I don't have to learn any new names. Anyway, back to Kyle. 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 Um, um, he 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 needs a woman that can polka. <laughs> I think we all do. I think we all need a woman who can polka. Well, really? <laughs> I want to ask you a question, Mary. The question is, would you... Now, let's just say that with your current John Joseph, and you have to wait a little bit till the next one comes along. Uh, and I'm, oh. I'm not saying that we want to get rid of John Joseph because he sounds like a good guy and he's sticking he out is, with you. Um, and uh, But would you would you ever consider using a dating app? No. no. Never. Absolutely not. A guy up the street did... 
he got a Russian woman, uh-huh. uh, took him to the cleaners, um, and yeah, it yeah, was it's not crazy. for not for you. Well, no, but the guy lost everything. Right, right. I don't think that happens no. all the time. No, no. But what I'm saying is. I don't need it that much. Yeah, right. No, no, seriously, I could live on my own. Of course, it's a lot more fun <laughs> uh, with, a, with a guy. And, um, you know, we, we, we get along real well. Otherwise, I wouldn't have married him. And he wouldn't wear a ring. The, the, the pastor said, get a ring out of the popcorn box. Right. Yeah, just something. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, that's great. Well, thank You've you. You've got to be lighthearted. Exactly. Thanks that's so much, Mary. I, I really appreciate don't it. Don't be heavy on anything. Thanks so much for calling in. Uh, we're just going to stop here for a news break. Uh, coming up after the news, we're going to talk about brushes with greatness and meeting celebrities. If you've met a celebrity, I want to hear from you. I want to thank uh, Bob, our guest as well. And uh, we'll be right back on Kitchener Today, City News 570. Hey there, welcome back to Kitchener Today. If you're listening to Kitchener Today and it's yesterday, you're early. Um, on City News 570, I'm Brittle Star, better known as Stuart Reynolds to my grandmother, but she's dead. Thanks for bringing that up. She died a long time ago. It's fun. Don't worry about it. Um, I'm over it now. I'll never truly be over it, but I'm, you know what I mean. I'm just trying to convey the fact that I have emotion and that I'm a human. We're going to talk about uh, meeting celebrities now. And this is one of my favorite conversations because everyone has a, not everyone, but almost everyone has a really great story. I'll give you a couple of examples uh, for me. Sometimes it can go great when you meet a celebrity. It can go really, really well. And other times it can go not so great because you've done something weird or they don't turn out as nice as you think they're going to be. Uh, For example... I've been able to, I've been very fortunate to be able to work with people like Gordon Ramsay. So Gordon Ramsay is a super nice guy. He's very, very friendly in real life. He's like super nice. And he uh, was very gracious and and lovely. And uh, he smelled not as good as you'd think, but pretty good. He smelled pretty good. And he's just a really super nice guy. Other times, I, I met, I was a really big fan of the band New Order when I was a teenager, and I went to see the band New Order play when I was 15, and um, got to go front row. I got to meet them beforehand. That was really exciting to meet them uh, right before the show, and um, I'll try to tell this story as tastefully as possible. I met them before the show. He was The lead singer, Bernard, was very, or Barney, was very uh, gracious. He said, I've come all this way to meet you, Stuart, and I was like, that's fantastic. What a great thing to say. If I ever get to be famous, I'm going to say, I've come all this way to meet you, and then say the person's name. Really lovely. And I was so excited and I was over the moon. And then we went into the show and we were like front row. The stage for me at that time was probably just about chin height. It's a pretty small, smallish venue, but chin height stage. And uh, much to my chagrin, Barney came out to, to perform, which I was really excited with the band New Order. And uh, Barney was wearing track shorts um, with uh, nothing uh, underneath the uh, track shorts. So I got to meet more of Barney than I wanted to. If you know what I mean, it was re- it was a bit scarring, and every now and then, even now to this day, when I listen to New Order, Blue Monday comes on the radio or something out of the stereo, and I shudder a little bit. I shudder a little bit. But I want to find out if you've got a story about meeting a celebrity. I want to hear about it. The number is five one nine five seven zero two five four five five one nine five seven zero two five four five, or if you're calling from very far away, like if you're listening on Twitter right now, because you probably are. 
1-800-570-5715 or from your flip phone star 570 um, I've got uh, in the booth here with me right now I've got uh, producer Polly and I've got producer Brittany and they each have well actually one, Brittany has some stories from meeting slips so mm-hmm. tell me Brittany who have you met um, I've only met uh, two celebrities really like bigger names okay what's your threshold for a big name um, I don't know like not from here. Oh, it's, ge- it's, ge- <laughs> it's geographic. Okay. All right. Um, if no, you were from are... somewhere else, would it be famous? Or you mean like, yeah, local, sure. like local celebrity compared to like maybe more uh, wide-reaching celebrity? I don't know. They're like Hollywood peoples. Okay. All right. So who did you meet? Who did you meet? Um, I met Jerry O'Connell. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Very funny man. Yeah. Um, and then uh, not so nice person, mm. uh, Nick Simmons, Gene Simmons' son. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. That's, my That's family and I, yeah, we went, it was when, you know, the height of like Gene Simmons, yeah. Family Jewels, you know, yeah. it was the height of that show. Great reality show. We went, my family and I went on a trip to California and we did the like celebrity mm-hmm. home tour, the, you know, the cheesy thing. Mm-hmm. Saw Bob Barker's hedges. Really <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Couldn't see the house because they were covered by the yeah, hedges. The hedges right. were too large. Yeah. yeah. Did you guess the price of the hedges? At no. All? no. That's a good one. <laughs> I like having Higher. Higher. <laughs> lower. I like having Polly in here. He punches up my jokes. It's yeah. good. Um, but then we went and saw uh, Gene Simmons' home. And as we were getting out of the car to take a picture mm-hmm. in front of the gates, um, <gasps> Nick and Sophie, the two kids, were yeah. coming down the driveway in the car. Right. And I, to be fair, we probably startled them. But, but at so the they same must time, not be the first people yeah. to do that. And you're like, your home is on a celebrity map, like yeah. a homeless map that they literally That's sell I mean. to people. But, but, but were you like on a bus with a whole bunch of other people? No, or you we just rented go your- a car. Our right, family so, rented a car. Right. That does come so across they a were not, stalkerish. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. I was hoping you'd be on my side, but all right. Anyways, they were not very happy. And it, like at the time, like we're kids. Were you peeking we're 14. In the, were you peeking in the gates? At, no. Like, just driving by? We were like at the end, uh, like on the street. So what happened when he came out? Did he like verbally assault you? Um, he wrote down the rental car license plate and <gasps> said he was going to call the cops on us. <laughs> For what? I don't know. Maybe he's just having a bad and day. And it's like all, it's like these kids, it's me and my step-siblings, we're all super excited. We're like, Nick, yeah. hi, hi. And yeah. I remember him saying to my parents, we are going to call the police on you. And then we were terrified and never watched the show again because... Wow, that put you off, eh? They yeah. lost a viewer yeah. just like that. You yeah. know, I... Not that I'm siding. Listen. No, I totally get it. I totally get it. Like, you're at your home... And I know you're going to get fans. It, <laughs> listen, I mean, even doing this job, mm. I from time to time recognized at a grocery store sure. or someone like that. Well, with hair he, like that. No, <laughs> my hair is really good He's today. Got your hair's amazing. He's got boy band hair today. But even when that happens to me just locally, it bugs me. It bugs you. I, I yeah. So you're tired. You're over the celebrity. You're tired. You just wish yeah. people would leave you alone. No, okay. I see. This is this is the trap I was worried I was going to get into. I mean, I'll be very nice with people, but it just I I've always loved the behind the scenes stuff. Right. I never got into yeah. this because I wanted people to know who I was. Right. So yeah, I I can understand where like the major celebrities would be coming from because I mean, if you're out doing a public appearance, yeah, I mean you're you're on. You're yeah. You know, but if you're at home, you yeah, shouldn't but- have to worry about. 
people knocking on your door when you're trying to relax. Well, we didn't at knock home. on the door. There was well, a gate. I, yeah, I know. I, we were on I kind public of see property. Both sides. Well, let's just see if there's a pattern here. Who was the other person you met, and where were you when you met them at their gate? Jerry O'Connell. No, I, it was in uh, North Bay. I was uh, reporting. Were you at someone else's gate? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just taking pictures of people's theater, driveways? at a theater, the, uh-huh. the Capitol Center yeah. there, and he was there promoting his show, and... Right. Just came up behind me and stole my <gasps> TV mic and what? did his oh, own little. Oh. Were you live on the? No, it's all. Like it's always recorded. Pre-recorded. It's yeah. never. Yeah. That's never sassy. Live. I like it. I know. That was exciting. I know. That's fun when you have that kind of interaction. I did. Uh, there was a band called Depeche Mode, and the, yeah. one of, the, the, one of the, the lead guys and the guy who founded the band, Vince Clark. I got to meet him in his other band, Erasure, and it was a very small sort of event. And uh, I went up, and one of the things I always do with people who'd like music, and if I'm a fan of them or acting or whatever, is I'll thank them. I'll say, hey, thank you for the music. I really appreciate for all the music you made. Thank you very much. And so I went up. I mustered up the courage to talk to him. And, and he said to me, I said, thank you for the music. And he said, uh, what are you drinking? I said, a Guinness. It was free. It's part of the record company. Paid for it. And he went, can I have it? I went, uh, okay. And he took it. And he drank half of it and then passed it back to me. And I was like, thanks, Vince Clark. Writer of Just Can't Get Enough. Okay. I could sell this on eBay now. Yeah, I didn't know what to do with it. I was like, do I... Like, do I drink it? Like, he didn't seem to have a cold or anything, so I guess it's okay. But it's really weird. But do you find yourself getting really weird with uh, celebrities like that one time that Jordan went to Cuba with Mike Holmes? Did you know that? The producer Jordan went to, went to Cuba with Mike Holmes. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Like, like y- you you guys were on a trip together yeah, like, like a romantic thing I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was just a romantic me, me type and Mike it was just <laughs> no were you inspecting no, a house no, or something? No, he just no, happened no, to be no. on the same flight as you were you inspecting a house or something we were like, in we were okay okay so let's 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 bring it back a week we we planned i i was young i i pack like a week before cuba so i'm ready to go i'm excited for wow this. that's efficient it's just tv time and we're watching uh mike holmes homes on homes yeah. yeah as you do and uh i guess that was on my mind and i was just in the airport and i was like hey is that him? And my uh, my 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 mom was and he my... shirtless with overalls? <laughs> <laughs> not not quite, not quite. He had a he had a beach beach flower shirt on. Oh, and nothing else. He was on holidays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it was nice. We got our pictures with them, and uh, yeah, was he nice? Yeah, he was very nice. Yeah, we, he had his whole family with him, and uh, oh, they were all nice. they were all pretty uh, pretty nice. That's nice. I, I was at an airport one time, and word got out that even Longoria was. In the airport, yeah. like, I'm like, who? But everybody was talking what? about her. What, what do you mean, what do you mean who? who? I don't. I, I know the name. I couldn't tell you one thing she was in. Desperate See, Housewives. Desperate Housewives I, for oh, sure. I, I mean, that's the thing. My dreams. See, I don't. <laughs> I don't have this fascination with celebrity, and uh-huh. so a lot of these people I couldn't pick out if you gave me a lineup of faces. But really? every you know uh, Elvis impersonator in Vegas, Paulie's met him. <laughs> I told that story the other day. I was, uh, my wife and I were having dinner at uh, on the strip a few years ago. We right. came out of the restaurant. There were four Elvises just sitting out on the side. That's pretty cool. It was just fun. That's fantastic. The sight of it was hilarious. So, is there anybody that you would want to meet? 
Are you like a sports person or are you more like oh, a celebrity yeah, person? I, I guess any of the Toronto Blue Jays would be yeah? cool to really? me. George Springer or yeah. Bo Bichette. Bo Bichette's my favorite. So let's say that. I want to meet Bo Bichette. I had uh, the the weird opportunity to, uh, when when Vladdy Jr. was playing, mm-hmm. his very first MLB game. I was at that game. It Swell. happened to me on my birthday. Oh, well, there you go. I bought tickets three weeks ahead of time. It's my birthday. Let's right. go to the game. And it happened to be the game. The game. Yeah. So that was, well, I'm going to make your birthday seem crap because I got to enjoy the whole, <laughs> the whole game from the box with his family. What? I was uh, asked by a friend to film. Uh, his dad's reaction. So I spent the whole day. I was the only person who had accreditation to actually mic him and to film him. And I just stuck and I hung out with Vlad and his dad, cool. or Vlad's dad and his grandparents. And it was just like the weirdest thing in the world. And what was worse is that I'm not a big baseball fan. So I had to turn to my friend Jason from Sports Center at the time and be like, when, when should it, when is, who is going up now? Who's hitting what now? Tell me where, where do I go? <laughs> I just want to talk to Zoltan here. So Zoltan, what do you have? What's your celebrity story? Well, uh, first of all, I uh, lived most of my life in Sedona, Arizona. I'm American. Okay. And uh, we worked on people's houses like Mary Perry. I don't know if you know, know the name of Perry, mm. the rock band. Uh, okay, yeah. Oh, oh, ah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the band one Perry. Nicest, one of my nicest things was that we were work, working on Sedona Golf Resort out in the village of Oak Creek. And uh, we were just finishing up uh, part of the project. And I was going to uh, shoot around the golf. And uh, there's a guy behind me, and he said, you want a second? I said, oh, heck, yeah, go ahead. You know, yeah. We'll do that. And I says, he says, I, I got my trainer with me. <laughs> I looked behind me. There's his coach. Looked the other side of me. <laughs> that's Clint Eastwood. No <laughs> way. No shit. Anyway, so I said, so sure, come on aboard. And so Clint Eastwood is practicing with his with his, the driver. And uh, he's got a cigar, of course, cigar in his mouth. Sure. Practicing with his driver. There's two other people want to join us because we're just a twosome, two more. And so, I mean, Clint Eastwood talk, you know, the guy said, can we join? Clint Eastwood kind of cocks his head to the right and looks at him and says, not now. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we played 18 holes. Uh, We talked about his time in... uh, uh, as uh, Rowdy Yates and how Malpaso got started, uh, just uh, how cheap the people cost in uh, in the old spaghetti westerns and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, very nice person. And then uh, he asked me for a drink, and so we went to the clubhouse. And sure enough, we had a couple of drinks. Son of a gun, he left two hundred dollar tip. <gasps> well, that's what you want. Yeah. That's what you want. Thanks. Thank you. I said thank you very much. And hey, anytime next time I'm here, we'll play again. Said, that's great. You. That's a phenomenal that's story. That's a that's a very good thing. I, I just I love doing that. Yeah, that's fantastic. Thanks so much for calling in, Zold. I appreciate it. Thank right. you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Something about that call reminded me. I kind of met Johnny Depp. Not the real what do you Johnny mean Depp. You kind what of met him. Were you at his gate? Really. No, no, no. <laughs> So you are you pulling Britney <laughs> no, away from this game? It's basically an impersonator. So we're oh, in. Oh, come well, on. No, no, but it was funny. It was funny. So we're in. We're doing a cruise. My wife and I are doing a cruise, and we're walking around the uh, island of St. Thomas. Okay. And there was a guy walking around dressed exactly like Johnny Depp from Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. Dead ringer. Obviously him. No. But <laughs> but I walked up to him and said. Uh, you're, this is really good. You really look like Johnny Depp. And in a perfect Johnny Depp voice, he sounded just like him. Johnny Depp, do you know him? <laughs> it just sounded exactly, it was so good. We're going to stop for a quick break. You're listening to Kitchener Today on City News 570. 
Hey there, you're back listening to Kitchener Today on City News 570. My name is Stuart Reynolds,、uh, but you don't care about that name. You know me better as Brittle Star, perhaps online if you have the internet. Have you guys got the internet? It's pretty great. I need to sign up for that yeah, thing. It's, I think yeah, it's here I, to stay. I've heard it's all the rage. It's pretty good. We're talking about meeting celebrities, and、uh, I want to hear your meeting a celebrity story. The number to call is 519 570 or if you're calling from, you know, very far away, 1-800-570-5715, 1-800-570-5715, or you can call in from your Nokia brick phone, star 570. Be, I don't know how that works, but it's great. It apparently works. It's fantastic. So yeah, we're talking about celebrities and...、Uh, And we were talking, we've got Brittany and Polly here, and Jordan just told us about his romantic getaway with Mike Holmes. And that was stop, lovely. Stop, sorry, stop. sorry. Well, listen, there's nothing wrong with it. I think it's fantastic.、Um, he's a family man. I should be making that kind of thing. I learned a lot about hammers. <laughs> There you go. I'm kidding. <laughs> Don't stop teeing them up like that, man. Come on. Well, we were just talking, actually, just、uh, during the break about how、uh, it's not just film celebrities, it's not just sports celebrities. There's also now a new crop of celebrities who are YouTube stars、mm-hmm. and social media stars. Yeah. And like Polly, Brittle Star. Like me.、Right. Like you guys, I feel no one has mentioned, no one's called in to say they've met me yet. You guys haven't brought that up. Well, okay. Little side note、uh, now that Brent has left us、yeah. um, for the day. Yeah, Brent was a producer who was in earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.、Um, he, when I went in there and you had came in,、yeah. he was like,、oh, this guy's from the internet. I,、wow. I don't know his real name. I just know Brittle Star. And、oh, I didn't、wow. want to say,、oh, hi, Brittle Star.、Really? But he was, he was totally fan.、Yeah. Oh, boy. I knew I liked him a lot. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was saying. More than Jordan, that's for sure. We, we were talking <laughs> off, <laughs>、yeah, off the air during the commercial break in terms of celebrities. People in Hollywood, I don't care much about. There's a couple of like, YouTubers I watch. Fascinating. Who, if I saw walking down the street, I would freak out way more than anybody in Hollywood. You that's know? amazing. Yeah, that's、so、amazing. I, I kind of create my own celebrities. <laughs> well, no, that's, I mean, that's, you're not creating. It's funny because it's just the new television, right? Like,、yeah. Especially now with smart TVs and stuff, you can just flip to YouTube. It's just like another show. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. Right? Which is fascinating. I want to talk to Lisa. Lisa, you're on the air. Do you have a story about meeting a celebrity? Yeah. And、um, so last time I went to that, I'm a Leafs fan. I, I got autographs from a lot of the big players at the time, like Matt Sundin and Darcy、right. Tucker and Ty Domi. But、um, Pat Quinn was the coach at that point. Yeah, yeah. Of course, he's sitting there in the, in the stands and taking notes. And I can't remember who the assistant coach was, but he was there as well. And, you know, people would come up and say hi to him and, and, and carry on. So I thought, okay, well, I'm going to. I went up and I sat down and I introduced myself and we started talking. And, and、um, he's a nice guy.、Um, That's always refreshing, isn't it? When you meet someone that you kind of you know them before you meet them, but you're like, ah,、oh, I hope you're nice. Yeah. And、um, the, the assistant coach, I, I, I'll remember it after I'm done on the phone, but he went and got me a coffee. Nice. So,、um, so yeah, it was kind of cool.、Um, and I met the prime minister. I'm not sure that Very I. Very cool. <laughs> It counts. World leaders count. Doesn't matter. I mean, well, you know. Yeah, but there's people that just don't, don't like them, and I'm, and I'm not a liberal either, but、uh, there was a chance to meet them and say I'd met the prime minister. Yeah, so, yeah why not?、Um, That's yeah. great. Well, thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate that.、Uh, I just, I just accidentally cut her off. I'm really sorry about that, Lisa. That was my fault because I hit the button too soon. I'm just nervous. I'm just new here.、Uh, I want to talk to Hugh as well. Hugh, you're on the air. If you want to let me know your celebrity story. Hi, how are you? Not bad, thanks. Not bad.、Uh, when I was、uh, a kid, I used to caddy. Yeah. 
And uh, so one day I'm caddying at the golf course, and uh, I uh, this is in the days when the Leafs were actually winning Stanley Cups. Right. <laughs> caddied for Frank Mahovlich. Nice. Wow. Nice. And Alan Stanley. Amazing. And there was another one, but I can't remember who it was. Right. But I remember I was very nervous. But they were very nice because, you know, I didn't want to lose track of the ball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did they tip big? Were they big tippers? Yeah, they gave me a nice tip. Nice. Nice. But they were very nice guys down to earth. Wait a minute. If the Leafs were golfing, they couldn't have possibly have been winning Stanley Cups. Well, not that year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> any year after 67 is well, referring to. The seasons were shorter. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Thanks so much for calling in, you. I appreciate it. We're going to stop for a quick news break. Uh, you're listening to Kitchener Today on City News 570. Hey there, welcome back to Kitchener Today. Tomorrow the World is the new name of the show. I'm, it's not. It just, just for this next little bit, that's it. On City News 570, I'm Stuart Reynolds, better known online as Brittle Star. And uh, thanks for joining, by the way. I don't know what you're doing right now, but thank you for joining. I appreciate it. And we're talking about meeting celebrities. It's one of my favorite topics because it's always exciting to meet a celebrity. It's a little nerve-wracking sometimes. Sometimes they're really wonderful and exactly as you hope they're going to be. Sometimes they're better. Sometimes they're worse. Sometimes you say the stupidest things to people. I just have uh, on Twitter here, people are listening online. If you're listening online, thank you very much. Mike Ladano says, I accidentally insulted Walter Ostinac. For those of you who don't know, of course, everyone knows who Walter Ostinac is, right? He's a polka king. He came into my store looking for polka CDs. I had none. He handed me his card and I explained, I know you. You won all those Junos. He flatly responded, they were Grammys. It's true. He's like won a billion Grammys, which is amazing. There's not a lot of competition in polka. I think not that I'm saying that Walter's polkas are substandard and shouldn't be winning Grammys. They should be, obviously. He's basically like Drake is the Walter Ostinek of rap is what I'm trying to say. That's basically what I'm trying to say. Um, I want to talk about the psychology of meeting celebrities and if it's, you know, what the effects are and why we act so stupid. And I've got the amazing Dr. Christine Coral on the phone all the way from our West Coast. Dr. Christine Coral, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Stuart. Nice to chat with you today. I know. Nice to chat with you again. You and I have uh, chatted previously before because you were on an episode of a show I did called Fast Health. Yes. And uh, was it, did we, were you trying to convince me there's something called drop bears in that yes. episode? Bears that drop we from the trees? We were driving around North, uh, the North Shore Mountains yeah. and uh, we were looking at up all those big trees. So whenever we go hiking, my husband would teach, uh, tease the kids and say you know, that they needed to watch out for drop bears. <laughs> and after after a short period of time with me, you're like, this guy's going to fall for this thing that we tell the kids as well. I thought so. Yeah, yeah. I thought you'd appreciate a good dad joke. Exactly. So. Well, tell me, is there something like why do we act so weird when we meet celebrities? What's what's the, is there something weird psychologically that's happening with us? Well, it's so funny. You know, uh, I remember uh, for when I was back in grad school, my research was on uh, facial expressions and reading nonverbal cues. And I came across some studies at the time that looked at people's preferences for looking at different kinds of faces. Mm -hmm. And generally, like people have uh, a, a huge preference for looking at faces of celebrities. They'll linger longer on them. They'll study them a little bit more. Um, heart rate can go down a little bit. It's just kind of like a, a curious thing that we do. Um, you know, it's probably there's some, this is me theorizing now, there's probably some evolutionary roots to it. Right. You know, that, you know, we want to admire um, the the chief of our particular tribe right. or clan. And 
and uh, and it gives some structures to the to the community to have sort of some people who are leaders and other people aspire to be them. But you know, in recent years now with uh, media, it is. It's just sort of like our village is much bigger. So did you find when you're doing, sorry to interrupt, when you did that uh, study and you were getting people to like look at faces and they lingered longer on celebrity faces, were they celebrity faces that they knew or just people who happened to be celebrities? This wasn't my study. I was, it was a study that I read. Right. uh, Sorry. And I just remember coming across it, but uh, no, they were, they were sort of well-known celebrities uh, at the time. So this was quite a while ago, but yeah, it's, it's just, we have this preference for looking at high status people and admiring them and then a lot of people you know aspire to be like them right too, or imagine their life is like that and i think you know what i've noticed because i'm getting older now uh in years is more and more people are doing things that celebrities are doing too like in the 80s people didn't worry about their teeth quite so much yeah and now people will spend you know forty, fifty thousand dollars sometimes fixing it and they're not they don't need that for their job right Exactly. You know, or Botox. Everybody's getting Botox. <laughs> yeah, everyone's sort of trying to, it's gone beyond aspiration. It's kind of like setting a new uh, like threshold of acceptable appearance in a weird yeah, way. Yeah, or, you know, just even like luxury items, like mm-hmm. people who want Chanel bags or, yeah. or uh, Gucci bags. Like they'll, they'll want these, you know, luxury items rather than, you know, a, a regular old, I don't know, Michael Kors. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's not good enough. So people really like um, the bougie stuff, too. And right. it's, it's part of, uh, you know, just the, the standards change and people want to look the part, you know, they yeah. want to emulate the, the people that they like. So it's really interesting. It's really grown over the years where it's become a preoccupation. And certainly there's more media that reinforce these kind of images and, you know, kids following, well, maybe not just kids following different celebrities on Instagram. You right. kind of get a picture of their life. Mm-hmm. Or people that uh, trying to, oh, I remember when I was in Greece before the pandemic and we took, um, we took the kids on this catamaran tour, but there was a couple from Spain who were all dressed up. Like she was wearing gold lame. Right. Like, what the hell? Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> like, afternoon cruise. So anyway, they were like laying on the boat pretending that it was all theirs. Like they were making sure that that's fascinating. So that nobody else was there, but it was like a big like family afternoon cruise thing. So, you know, people are really focused on image. Yeah, it's fascinating. I just hang on for a second. I can talk to Rory and yeah. see what his story is. Hey, Rory, you're on the air. Do you have a celebrity story? Uh, yes, I do, Stuart. Uh, first off, I'm calling from the West Coast, too. I'm one of your um, nearly 140,000 uh, 140, Twitter followers. Well, thank you. I appreciate you calling in. Yeah. So uh, I met a few celebrities, but one of my best stories is that um, we were over in Vancouver many years ago to go see uh, Sawyer Brown, the, the band. Yeah. And uh, we were walking in a mall in Langley. And my brother-in-law and I both walked by this guy and looked at him. And that's um, Mark Miller, the lead singer. And uh, we, we both agreed. So we turned around and followed him back out the door. And uh, he looks at me and he says, uh, there was a taxi parked outside. I said, hey, you drive that taxi? He says, no, nah, sorry, uh, but I'm a big fan. Um, and I, for some reason, I just happened to have a CD. And I said, but would you mind sending my uh, CD? He said, yeah, sure, no problem. Oh, wow. We chit-chatted for uh, five or ten minutes and um, and went on um, our merry way. And uh, later that night, I watched him uh, perform in uh, a place in Chilliwack, and it was it was great. That's exciting. Well, thanks so much for sharing that story, Ray. I really appreciate it. Thank you for calling in. You're welcome. 
it's uh, it's nice when you meet people that are celebrities you look up to, and again, like they're nice and they're they're gracious. And it's it's a it's I mean it's I would think it's tiring to an extent. I want to hear what Warren has to say. Hey, Warren, you're on the air. What's your celebrity story? Okay, I'll, I'll stick with the stick with the music theme on this one. Sure. I, um, I worked for CTV Kitchener in town, I was CKCO at the time for years, and we were doing a a music music uh, music show, and we had Jeff Healy with yeah. the band on. Amazing. And because it was, I, I wasn't, you know, we weren't used, necessarily used to dealing with uh, somebody that can't see. So right. I said, do, I, do you want an idea of like what we're dealing do, doing and stuff? And he goes, yep. So I kind of walked him out on the stage. I said, well, what, what would you prefer? Do you want to be on a stool or a chair or a bar stool or whatever? He goes, you know, it really doesn't matter much. It's like probably something lower. It's a little bit easier. And he kind of goes, he goes, as long as you get me out on the stage and I'm facing the audience, that's all I'm having. <laughs> and he was just like, he was so, he was so nice and just so humble. It's just like, yeah, whatever. I'll do whatever you want. His bass player, the backup bass player, was such a a contrast. Uh-huh. To just being so nice, right? And it's like. But in the base there, it's like, okay, you're here because of Jeff. Yeah. Like, just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you're secondary. Know your place. <laughs> well, well, uh, because working at the TV station, I also had, uh, I did, ended up doing makeup on uh, uh, Justin Trudeau uh, three, right. well, three months, about three months after he was elected prime minister. Right. So I was, we're in the green room and I was doing makeup and the, the news director was there. I guess I chatting, just chatting with uh, the prime minister just before we were ready to tape. And the new instructor goes, when he first came in, he goes, so what do you think of your new job? Which I thought was just kind of a cool question. Goes, yeah. and, and Trudeau answered you know, really you know, just as you would as any sure. other job. It's like, oh, I'll get used to it. Blah, blah. He goes, well, what's, what's the biggest challenge? <laughs> and Trudeau goes, you know, the biggest thing is to learning how to delegate. Right. He goes, something comes into the office. And if it's something, I can't remember what, what example he used, but if it was something for Microsoft Excel, I'm probably the best person in the in the office that knows right. how to use Excel, but I have to realize it's like I have to delegate. You have to do other stuff you can use as time. So on. Keep, yeah, he says there's stuff that only I can do. Right, so that's the stuff I should be doing instead of doing. It. But it was just like it was just a re- it was it was interesting being in a conver- or in part of a conversation with the with with a, a politician where the the camera wasn't rolling. Yes, yeah, which is great. That's amazing. Well, thank you for sharing the stories, Warren. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Um, so, uh, Dr. Carl, I want to ask you, is there anything we can do? Because I think one of the things that I always worry about when I'm meeting as someone who's really famous and I really admire them or I, I'm just very aware of them is like looking like an idiot. Is there anything you can do to kind of calm yourself down to to not look like a, a goon? I, there's one thing here on Twitter. Someone had mentioned that they had come across uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry out in the BC at once, and the only thing that the person, Nicole, was able to say to Dr. Henry was, oh, shoes. <laughs> that, was, that, was, <laughs> that was it. Funny. So is there, uh, is there anything, any tips that you have to sort of stay cool and stay calm when you're meeting a celebrity? Yeah, well, see them as human beings. I mean, they really are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, everybody, you know, one of the things, being a therapist is, you know, I've had, I've had, because I work in Vancouver, so when people come into film, I've had, you know, some celebrity clients, and they have the same problems as everyone else, sometimes right. a little bit bigger, with bigger money yeah. problems attached to them, yeah. but, you know, they have the same anxieties, and, and so recognizing that people are human, and I think the other thing, too, is that 
it, it often feels strange for celebrities when uh, you approach them and they, uh, you you know them better than they know you. Yeah. So a certain familiarity. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's often kind of, that. it's easy to make it weird with a celebrity, but also like remember, if you make it weird, it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. It's not, you can't really control your emotions if you're excited to see someone and you freeze up uh, or you say shoes. Oh, that's quite cute. <laughs> then, um, then you know that's okay. They're used to that. They're they're having interactions like that all day. Right. You know, most of them probably just want to kind of go through, uh, go through their day. A friend of mine actually years ago used to work at the Sutton Place Hotel, and uh-huh. then George Clooney was filming a the movie there. Amazing. And she said he'd be sometimes like make sure everything's private and make sure you know you know nobody bothers me. And she goes, and then the next day he'd be walking through the lobby in his bathrobe. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, if I was you know, George Clooney, I would do the same thing. Too, right? It yeah. depends on the day. So they might be having a good day or a bad day. You can't control your emotions. Um, you know, you can say something like, thank you for your work, or I really love that movie. Um, and, and, but if you realize that they're people, then it, it makes it a lot easier. So I'm, I'm not easily starstruck. I used to work at Starbucks when I was a student. Right. Uh, right downtown in Vancouver. So I made Patrick Stewart a latte. That's cool. That's my best one Did and you then have, like, i made richard dean anderson go to the back of the line nice. he tried to cut in <laughs> <laughs> so i made terry david mullican the americano so mm. fun stuff like that but they're just people right yeah. and they come in and they're there's nothing particularly special so you know if you're in a place in a city where you see more people like that you start to see they're just human and it's no big deal and and um and often, though, sometimes people will be more starstruck when it's somebody that they admire for a particular professional reason. Right, too. right. And you want to appear smart yeah. to them. Like if you, you met, like, you're an astrophysicist and you meet Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because they feel like it's, a, one, it's how they react is like a reflection on you and your, your, your competence or your uh, worth or status. Yeah. Right. Especially if you, like, maybe aspire to work with them one day. Like, right. there's something on the line. So if it's just, like, a celebrity sighting and it's like, oh, I love your movie or shoes, that's fine. You don't need to worry yeah. about that. They're going to forget about it. They'll chuckle and they'll think it's, it's funny. But, you know, when you are maybe want to collaborate with somebody, well, that's when you have to learn how to be cool a little bit. So yeah. we'll certainly work with some aspiring actors yeah. on that. You know, they'll be a little bit starstruck when they're, they're in uh, a professional setting. On a set. Exactly. Yeah. I just want to hear what Grant has to say. Grant, you're on the air. Uh, what's your celebrity story? Uh, it's about Charlie Pride. Oh, amazing. Cool. Yeah. Back in, uh, I'm going to say the late seventies. Uh-huh. Uh, Charlie Pride had uh, done two shows in London, and then he came to Kitchener yeah. and done two shows. And uh, i got to give credit to my neighbor. Uh-huh. Uh, we uh, had grown up, him and his wife and I, went to public school together, and then uh, were parted for about 10 years, and then uh, ended up moving in across the road from him. And about two years after we were here, he came one day, and he said, I got your tickets. We're going to see Charlie Pride. Amazing. And I said, oh, God, I don't know. I can't <laughs> afford nothing. Yeah, right. He said, well, I got the ticket spot. You're going, Grant. Fantastic. You and your wife. So we go. And the parking lot was so huge. I had never been to a, see a celebrity in a live theater. But anyways, it, it was the last show. And he said, I got the la- tickets for the late show because... If he gets a standing ovation or he, they want him to come back, he plays for 
a few more songs. Right. So that happened. Then when it come time, the show was over. Uh, we just he, the, my neighbor says I'll go and get the car. It was way back, a long ways away from the. And he said, I'll, I'll go out and get the car. You guys sit here and wait till the crowd's gone. So the, the crowd is pretty well all gone, virtually all. Right. Walk up to the, the top of the steps, and there's a hallway there for the exit. We get to the top of the steps, and uh, I look both ways. And here's Charlie Pride and his wife standing there. And Charlie says to my wife and I, how did you like the show? Amazing. And I said, oh, my God. He said, I wouldn't have come if I wouldn't have loved it. He said, you're amazing, and I hope you'll always be able to sing. He said, where are you from? And he asked me some personal questions. Yeah. And, and like was just said, he, he just wanted to talk to somebody that wasn't thunderstruck. Yeah, anyhow. exactly. You know, he, he he just wanted to talk to the people, uh, uh, have a little conversation and, and get to know uh, what the crowd thought of him, and uh, oh, he shook my hand and introduced me to his wife. Amazing. And yeah, it. it I'll never ever forget that. Thanks that's, to my neighbor. That's fantastic. Thanks for sharing that story, Grant. I really appreciate it. Um, it's great when you can have those sort of personable moments. And uh, so you're saying, Doctor Carl, you've never been starstruck. Uh not so much with like actors or musicians. Uh-huh. I have to say that I've met. Um, but there's one time uh, there was a, there's a famous therapist. He passed away a few years ago. He developed a kind of therapy called uh, narrative therapy. His name is Michael White. And when I was a grad student, I went to one of his workshops, and I really love this therapy. And uh, so I was excited to go to the workshop, and, and um, I had a copy of his book, so I was going to get him to sign it. I didn't think any big deal. But then when I went up to talk to him, I froze. <laughs> and I just like handed him the book and he's like, would you like me to sign it? I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> That's the so one time I thought I never, I thought I was uh, uh, impenetrable, but uh, apparently... Uh, that one time. I, that's good. Well, that proves that you're human. Talk. See, that's good. That makes me feel yeah. better about myself. <laughs> We're just going to take a quick break. We'll be right back on Kitchener Today on City News 570. Hey there. Welcome back to Kitchener Today on City News 570. I'm Brittle Star, but I was actually not born that. I was born Stuart Reynolds, and then I just I was bit by a radioactive starfish. That's my origin story. Um, and we're talking about meeting celebrities, and it's been great. I love this conversation so much because there's so much information packed into so much emotion packed into it, and it's really interesting. I have uh, Susan T. on Twitter has said that she met Hillary Clinton once and was so nervous that she almost threw up all over herself. And that's a kind of weird thing, that sort of that notion. And uh, Dr. Coral's joining us here as well. And Dr. Coral said that uh, she's a psychologist, by the way. She's not just, you know, I don't know. It's not like I got a vet on to talk about this. That'd be fine. A vet would be good, but she's a psychologist. Uh, and um, it's that notion that if you feel there's some vested interest in them liking you, then you're more nervous about, about meeting celebrities and that mm-hmm. type of thing. Um, is there, now you said you, you got starstruck once as such, and it was basically that exact thing, but never from like a, like you, you said you worked in Starbucks and, and like Patrick Stewart didn't do anything for you? Didn't, didn't no. make No. Oh, and I, I liked Star Trek too, uh-huh. actually. And, um, you know, I just handed him his latte and then somebody nudged me and said, you know, that's Jean-Luc Picard. Yeah. And I went, yeah. You didn't even jump on the opportunity to say, make it so or anything? You didn't like turn to someone oh, who's... No. 
a man. It was just, you could have said, I'll have a latte, and you should have turned to the, the, the steamer and said, make it so or something. Oh, I totally would have said that if I had thought that. <laughs> I'm just going to ask uh, Kyle. Kyle, you're on the air. What's your celebrity story? I got two of them. Okay, the first one I met at the Montreal Grand Prix when uh, I was walking around with Michael Schumacher. Amazing. And the second one is because you got his, it was the Grammys that he won, right? Yeah. Uh, Walter Osnick and I are good friends. No, you're not. He's Slovenian, and he was part of the Slovenian Hall back in Niagara, where I used to live. And uh, so I, you know, used to sit and uh, when he used to play with his band and there used to be polka fest and stuff there. Oh yeah, he used to we used to chat all the time, and and I think he's in London now at a retirement home. But yeah, he yeah. used to come with his band, polka one on the license plate, polka two on the other license Love it. plate, and yeah. So if Mary wants to polka anytime, you know she's <laughs> she's always down to polka with me, baby. So. <laughs> Thanks, thanks, so, thanks so much, Kyle. I was going to jump to uh, Kathy. Kathy, what's your celebrity story? You're on the air. Uh, I met Joe Carter the night before. He was responsible for winning the World no, Series. No way. Yeah, my husband and I were in Toronto on a business uh, event for the weekend. <clears throat> Excuse me, staying at the Royal York Hotel. Uh-huh. And most of the people in our group decided to go down and scour the streets looking for celebrities. We right. decided to stay in and have dinner at Benny Hanna's down in the Royal York. Love it there. Love it. And uh, Joe and his wife and uh, aunt and uncle were sitting at the table next to us. No way. And as they got up to leave, we wished them good luck. And he came over and signed autographs <gasps> for us and introduced us to his family. Oh. And that night I said, the only thing that would be better than meeting him in person is if he was responsible for winning the World Series. <laughs> and guess what? <laughs> <laughs> It was probably you. It's down to you. You had well, that's like, it, of course. Yeah, that was. You were the yeah. good luck. Well, that's a fantastic story. Thanks yeah. for sharing it. I appreciate it, Kathy. Okay, take thanks. care. Uh, I'm going to just talk to Tim briefly here. We got a couple minutes left for one or so minutes. Hey, Tim, you're on the air. What's your celebrity story? Well, uh, uh, about 35 years ago, I had the pleasure of meeting Dolly Parton. Oh, that's great. Brittany, if she's if she's within an ear ear sound, uh, she might be familiar with the Guelph Wish Fund for Children. Right. And we had a young 13-year-old girl with cystic fibrosis, and her wish was to sing with Dolly Parton. And uh, we managed, after the founder of the organization, Ron Asseltine, who's a retired National Hockey League linesman, and he had some connections and I had some connections, but we just we almost gave up trying to get a hold of Dolly Parton. And then our PR director called him one day and said, who are you and, and what would you like? And long story short, we went to the Golden Nugget in Atlantic City, Yeah, flew down to Philadelphia. They picked us up at the airport. Uh, we got to the hotel on a Saturday night, and the manager of the hotel told us to go up to the restaurant and eat whatever we wanted off the menu. And then we sat down in our seats, and shortly before the show was to start, the manager gave me the high sign, and we stood up and walked over to the doorway, went up the stairs. And at the top of the stairs was Dolly Parton, and she knew a little girl's name. Oh, wow. And uh, we went, and she said, let's go meet Kenny Kenny Rogers. No way. Door. And he came out with a piece of pizza in his hand. He was having <laughs> pizza with his band, band, and he had a few pictures taken with us. And then she took took us down to her dressing room, and uh, her band director, uh, she asked him to put a special song in for this young little girl. And, and then she said, I'm sorry, it was really nice meeting you, but I've got to go and do the show now. So we went back to our seats. And she came out and she dedicated the show to a little girl from Guelph, Ontario. That's amazing. What a fantastic story. Thanks for sharing it, Tim. I appreciate that. Thank you. No problem. Um, and uh, we're just going to take a quick break for uh, news, actually, for a news break. But thank you to Dr. Coral. Uh, thanks for joining us, Dr. Coral. And we appreciate it. And someday you'll be starstruck when you meet me again, hopefully.
I hope. Oh, I, w- I definitely was starstruck. When oh, I that's that was the answer I was fishing Absolutely. for. Absolutely. Thanks yes, so much. Yes. Forgot about that. <laughs> All right, we're going to time for a news break. Coming after the news, we're going to keep talking about celebrity uh, meetings because I like this conversation. You're listening to Kitchener Today on City News 570. Hey, welcome back to Kitchener Today on City News 570. I'm Brittle Star from the internet. Uh, better known as Stuart Reynolds to my my mom and my dad, usually. They don't really... No, that's not, not true. My mom sticks to Brittle Star now. She knows which side her bread's buttered. She knows where the money comes from. Um, hi, Mom, if you're listening. Um, so we're talking about celebrities, and uh, it's I, it's really one of my favorite topics to talk about because I, I find it fascinating because they, as Dr. Coral, the psychologist we had on earlier, had said, they're just people. They're just regular people. But at the same time, they, they seem to be so much more. There's like a bit of a weird energy and an aura around them, if I want to be a little bit new agey, um, that just sort of makes them seem kind of special. So you get really nervous around them. So you're always pleased when they turn out to be, you know, regular folk. I remember uh, back in 2008, uh, a friend of ours, an artist by the name of M. Griner, she invited us to go see Def Leppard uh, in concert. And she, she knew the guys. She'd sang on their albums. She was friends with Joe Elliott, the lead singer. And uh, we were like, yeah, that sounds great. So we were front row seats. It was really fantastic. Throughout the show, she would disappear and walk backstage. And this huge, like 10,000, it was the Budweiser Gardens, whatever it's called, in London, Ontario. And there's 10,000 people there. She would disappear and come back with these, like, red cups with whiskey in them. And I was like, where are you getting this? And she's like, it's Joe's. We're drinking Def Leppard's whiskey. And I was like, that's pretty cool. And we met them afterwards, and they were so lovely, and they were so nice. And Joe and I talked about iPhones, and it was just really sort of sweet to be able to have that kind of interaction. Um, so I'm fascinated by this topic. So we're going to talk to Sean. Sean, you're on the air. What's your celebrity story? Well, there was that one time that uh, Brittle Star liked my response to one of his tweets. Oh, that that's crazy. Cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, but this one goes back uh, about 12 years. I was in Las Vegas, and I was at Caesar's Palace, and we had gone to play poker mm-hmm. at Caesar's Palace. And where the po- the old poker room was, it was across from Bobby Flay's restaurant, Mesa Grill, and the nightclub named Pure was right next door. Okay. And the night we were playing there, it was Paris Hilton's birthday party, and she was performing on stage with the Pussycat Dolls. Oh, wow. Now, I know that was a lot to take in right yeah, now. Yeah, that's a lot of relevant. stuff. It's all relevant. There was a red carpet, so there was a, we were making our way in and out of the poker room, and people were going in on the red carpet, these celebrities that were going to uh, Paris Hilton's party. And one of them was Bobby Flay along with his wife, uh, Stephanie March. So we just saw them, didn't think much of it, went in. Now, apparently, I found this out later, those in the know that if you're at Pure and you don't want to go to the bathroom at the club, uh-huh. you sneak out, you pop over to the poker room where there's this tiny little bathroom in there. <laughs> so I happened to go in the bathroom. Uh-huh during poker and I'm walk in and I'm at a urinal and right beside is Bobby Flay. No way. He walks in right beside me. He and I are the only two in, in this place. Awkward. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. This is not the time to talk to him. <laughs> like, this is, this is your time. So sure. I, I figure what I'm going to do, finish my business, yeah. wash my hands, yeah. wait outside, say a quick hello. Yeah. I'm not an autograph hound or yeah. a picture guy or anything, but I just wanted to say hello. Sure. However, when I'm washing my hands at the one sink, Mr. Flay decided to not wash his hands oh, God. at the other sink. No. So suffice to say, I did not want to wait outside to <laughs> myself because the first thing he was going to do at that day was probably offer me his hand. Exactly. And, uh, uh, yeah. So 
not really the greatest brush with greatness, but certainly memorable. That's cool. Thank you so much for calling in, Sean. I appreciate it. That's a good story. I think the lesson from that uh, story is if you're a celebrity, wash your hands because people are watching. I want to talk to Melody. Melody, you're on the air. What's your celebrity story? Well, it's not quite a deep interaction, but mm-hmm. when I was 12, my parents took us to the CNE and the stadium outside, and we watched and went to, we took in the concert for yeah. Johnny Cash. Amazing. And my dad has been a Johnny Cash guy all his life. Mm-hmm. So back in the day, I happened to work for Canada Trust, mm-hmm. and we had the new banking machines were coming in, and guess who our celebrity uh, cutout was, was Johnny Cash. Right, of course, Cash I remember that, machine. yeah. Yeah, I Johnny remember that. Cash machine. So I got an invitation to go to the then Waterloo Inn, and, and I took my dad, and uh, we met. Johnny Cash, and I found what I had him sign just a bit ago, and it was my grade five Bible, which I wasn't that young. I guess I just saw it and thought, well, he could sign that. Okay. My little New Testament. They used to give them out in school. Right. But I looked, and I didn't know that June Carter Cash also signed the same. Oh, that's, that's the lovely. Same, yeah. And, and this is just an aside that I was, I was kind of depressed at before uh, in my 20s yeah sure and i asked i cried out to god and i'm 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 a christian and i said lord i i just really need a sign that i need to go on right and johnny cash came on my little black and white you know tv and i knew that he had come to become a christian as well and i said okay so there was actually a uh, kind of a neat little, and I told him that story when I met him. Actually. Well, that's lovely. Well, thank you for sharing that story. I appreciate that, Melody. Take care. Okay, thank. Um, that's uh, you know, I think that's nice. I think if it's also nice if you can ask God and He sends Johnny Cash. That's cool. Uh, I want to talk to a celebrity in their own right. Actually, a comedian, Fiona O'Brien, is on the phone. Fiona, thank you for calling in. I'm fine, thank you. I'm fine, thank you. So in in response to my Twitter post about talking about celebrities, you just sort of like almost humble braggy said, David Bowie, dot, dot, dot. That's it. That's all you said. And I I was like, I need need more information. So tell me your David Bowie story. Well, hang on. I want to know, do I win a prize for meeting the rule of... (laughs) (laughs) celebrities? Maybe. It's a a toss-up between you and Mary. We'll see what Mary has to say. Um... So about 20 years ago, obviously I was living in Ireland at the time and I was in Dublin with my friend and we were going on a pub crawl, as you do, um, and it started to lash rain. Right. Raining really heavy outside and the nearest place to us was the National Art Museum. And so we ran into this beautiful building. Now, it wasn't, we weren't going to look at the art, we just needed to We ran in there to get out of the rain. Mm-hmm. And we, while we were in there, we said, right, it's going to rain for a while. Let's have a look around. So I went upstairs to the first floor and we were looking at some art and I'm standing there looking at a picture and my friend starts elbowing me. Right. She's like, oh my God, oh my God. And I'm like, what? Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes, look. And I turn around and there's this tall, thin man standing beside me and then another guy. And I look at the man. And Poor I other guy. Face. I know. The other guy is doesn't even matter. <laughs> <laughs> I look at him and like, oh, my God, that's David Bowie. And so I was like starstruck, of course. Yeah. And so then the other guy obviously muttered, we've been spotted. Right. David Bowie. And so they started to walk into out of the museum. And so, of course, 
we walked out of the museum with them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they were, we were stopped at a traffic light waiting for the flash for the walkway so we could cross the road. And I'm still staring at David Bowie. And um, he looks at me directly in the eye. <gasps> and I said, hello, David Bowie. And he stared at me and he went, hello. Oh, that's perfect. That's, that was it. that's fantastic, though. That's all you need. That deep connection with those two different colored eyes and saying, yeah. hello. I know, but but it gets even better because later that night I was out on a date with my boyfriend, um, uh, Delicious Delaney. We were out <laughs> in London and we were walking past the Olympia Theatre, which is a famous uh, theatre and venue in Dublin City. Right. And we were walking past the Olympia Theatre. We are taking down, going down one of the side laneways to another area called Temple Bar in Dublin. And the doorman at the the stage door of the Olympia says to the two of us, hey, do you guys like David Bowie? And I was like, yeah, we love David Bowie. And I met him earlier today. He's like, well, come here. And he opened up the stage door and let us stand in the wings of the <gasps> stage. And David Bowie was performing no. rehearsing for a world tour. And he, we stood there and he sang Under Pressure oh. live. Oh. It was like a magical moment. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm I'm almost angry at you. That's kind of a nice, that's an amazing story. Isn't it? So what do I win? Uh, you win my adoration, and I won't cut you okay. off like I've accidentally cut everybody off so far in the show today. <laughs> so make sure people can find Fiona O'Brien, amazing comedian. Thanks so much for calling in, Fiona. I really appreciate it. Amazing You're story. You're very welcome. Take Great care. To talk to you. Likewise. That's fantastic. I want to talk. So there's lots of calls coming in. So we're going to talk to Doug. And uh, Doug, you're on the air. What's your celebrity story? Well, I was going to tell you, I, uh, I spent a number of years as a, a general reporter photographer, and then I went into sports. And, uh, I mean, because of the job, I, I managed to, uh, to meet a lot of, a lot of people, uh, some of them not so famous. But there was one in particular I met. I actually had switched from news, uh, newsprint uh, to, to radio. Right. And uh, I went. I uh, was at uh, Exhibition Stadium, 1984, uh, the last last series uh, between the uh, Jays and Detroit. That was the year Detroit won the World Series, and they they started out at 35 and five, and everybody was 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 talking about what what, what that did for them. And uh, anyhow, I uh, I went down to that last series, and and uh, I, I was very I was very fortunate because. Uh, uh, I, I had accreditation, but I didn't quite know where I was going. I'd never been to the stadium before. And I, I actually, I bumped into Lloyd Mosby. <laughs> right. And, and uh, he, he, uh, he looked at me, and, and uh, I just asked him a question if he could help me out. He took me all the way down into the bowels of the stadium, and uh, I got a chance to talk to, to Bobby Cox very briefly. But um, I, got, I actually got a, an interview with Sparky Anderson. Right. And... This was really funny because we're walking out towards the uh, the edge of the park, and the bus is getting ready to leave. And I started to pack my uh, my recorder up, and Sparky put his no kidding, he put his his hand on my arm, and he said, "Finish the interview, son." He said, "They're not going anywhere without me." That <laughs> <laughs> was absolutely one. And you know, when you said they're uh, they are regular people, they are. Yeah, that's exactly um, it. He was wearing he was wearing a nice a black plaid jacket and slacks, and you know the only thing he was missing was pipe and slippers. He felt like he was in a living room with him, and we're standing in the bowels of a stadium for heaven's sake. That's 
how at ease he put me. It was, it was, it was a fantastic. I'll never forget it as long as I live. That's fantastic. Thanks so much for sharing that story, Doug. I appreciate it. Take care. Um, so many great stories. We have a lot of calls waiting, and don't worry, we're going to get to you uh, in a couple of minutes. But talking about um, uh, meeting celebrities and just how exciting it is, and just how thrilled you are when they're just nice. And I mean, it would be tiring. I think you know. There's, I mean, I get people occasionally recognizing me, and it's lovely, and it's been really fun, sort of getting recognized in weird places. We've been in Times Square when people have recognized us. You know, in larger centers for a long time. When when Target was still in Canada, I'd, every time I go into a Target for some reason, that apparently moves my audience, and they'd re- recognize me from the internet. And that's lovely, but I always feel like a responsibility. So it must be like someone who's actually properly, massively famous and recognizable it must be exhausting to uh, to be in. So if you're a caller, please hang on. And if you haven't called in yet, let us know your celebrity uh, meeting story. The number is 519-570-2545 or from far away, 1-800-570-5715. And we'll talk about that uh, right after this quick break. You're listening to Kitchener Today on City News 570. Welcome back to Kitchener Today on City News 570. I'm Brittle Star, better known to my wife as just pick that up and put it in the laundry basket. Um, we're talking about meeting celebrities and we have lots of calls coming in, which is fantastic. I love hearing these stories. We're going to talk to Helen. Helen, you're on the air. What's your uh, celebrity story? Oh, well, you know, my celebrity story started a while back and I've been following... Uh, this career uh, for quite some time, and I managed to to actually be in the same room with this person uh, for quite some time now, and we went to this event together, and it was amazing, Uh and the celebrity was so kind. Uh They sound fantastic. Yeah. And the people that I met through this person was amazing. Uh just, Just the generosity as well. And Essentially, I just want to say thank you to him for everything that he's done. Right. Because, sir, that's you. Oh, amazing. This is, I, was, I was sort of hoping it was going to end up there. I thought it was going to come around. I was waiting patiently. Well, thank you yeah. for the kind words. It's Catherine. Oh, there's the sneaky Catherine. There you go. There you go. Well, let's go. No, but thank you. You, sir, you are truly. I know you don't, I don't know if you'd seen yourself as a celebrity or whatever, but you still have that presence and that, you know, that you... You can do good, and you can do good things, and you do that. Oh, and thank to me, you. that is a status that means the world. Well, thank you so much, and suck it, Ryan Reynolds. Um, <laughs> I appreciate exactly. that. Well, thanks, Catherine. I appreciate that so much. Thanks for calling in and, and just basically making me sound like a nice guy, which is awesome. You're, you're, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, see, you la- see you later. <laughs> Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye. There you go. That's the kind of thing we're looking for. Stories about people meeting me. That's nice. Let's see what John has to say. Hey, John, you're on the air. What's your celebrity story? Well, I've met a few of them over the years. I'm over 65 now. Uh-huh. And when I was uh, at university at U of W a long time ago, I uh, used to go to these bars. Yep. And different performers come to town. And I met someone. I didn't realize who it was at the time until years later. Uh, it was Bob Dylan. Oh, wow. That's wild. Yeah, I didn't know it was Bob Dylan, because I didn't know Bob Dylan at the time. Right. I was a serious student, just went out to Blossom Steve. And I'm a real big ball fan, too. Right. And I, I, like, I've had season tickets, and I've gone down to the Blue Jays camps and stuff, and met a lot of them. But the one time at St. Jacob's Market up yep. here in Kitchener... 
I was just doing my normal stuff. For some reason, I turned around, and there was Cito Gaston. Oh, wow. I was starstruck by this guy because of what he accomplished as a Jake. Sure. We chatted for five, ten minutes, and I remember the conversation pretty good. Like, I, I would say, you know, I can't realize, I don't believe L.A. didn't pick you up instead of talking <laughs> And you know what he said? I didn't want to be picked up. <laughs> I still live in Toronto. He's got an address there, but, you know, it, that was... I've met others too. Right. A lot of them went to town to perform at the center in the square, then they stay at certain hotels. Sure. Like Alice Cooper, I met. Yeah, I've heard he's quite nice. He's crazy, man. (laughs) (laughs) He stuck his finger in a light socket. He doesn't claim to be Alice Cooper, but I knew Alice Cooper way back. That's amazing. Well, thank you for sharing your stories. He's really intelligent, though. Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, right, right. Well, I appreciate. Still, still out there. Thank you so much for sharing your stories. I appreciate that. Yeah. All right. Take care. Uh, I'm just going to get some of the other calls here, actually, if we can. So we're going to go to Nathan. Nathan, you're on the air. What's your celebrity story? Uh, I have quite a few of them. I was lucky enough to. Uh, my father is a Canadian rock and roll musician. So oh. Growing up. Uh, That's cryptic. Lots of uh, bands like Rush and. Amazing. Burton Cummings, all those guys. Kim Mitchell uh, moved to the Bahamas. Our next-door neighbor was Robert Palmer. Wow. And I was friends with his son, Jim, so I'm playing at his place one day, and this woman walked in, and uh, she introduced herself, and I was just like, okay. And she's like, what, you don't know who I am? And I'm like, no. She's like, I'm Grace Jones. (gasps) That's cool. And I went, that's nice. (laughs) And the next thing I know, we're at her place for dinner, and women in her pool and stuff yeah pretty neat experience so i guess pro tip is uh they are people right uh i've always found you ask them about hobbies or interests don't ever ask them about like a movie they've worked on right i also almost got into an altercation with the original michael myers from halloween right <laughs> that was very recent uh, he was very belligerent uh you got to be careful. A, a handler at a convention, and uh, he was a little intoxicated. Oh, that's I, too bad. It was all over uh, getting his empty plate taken away from, oh, man. from the dinner table. But uh, yeah, interesting stuff. Internet yeah. Uh, wise, I worked with uh, Harley Morenstein and yeah. the guys from Epic Meal Time. Amazing. Uh, I mentioned that before, but Brittany and Polly didn't know who they were. I was like, okay. Brittany and Polly uh, aren't as cool as I am. That's the problem. Yeah, these, these these guys were so popular at the time that uh, they had a private security guy. Yes, yeah, that's right. Party. Yeah. And Harley walked into La Belle Provence restaurant and just started grabbing people's food to feed us with at like four <laughs> in the morning. And all of a sudden there's cops everywhere. I'm just like, wow, this is like... <laughs> I didn't know internet people could be this popular. <laughs> it's true. It's true. That's fantastic. Well, I, I, man, I'd love to talk more with uh, you about the, the whole idea of meeting uh, celebrities. If you don't mind hanging on for a second, we're actually going to stop for a news break. Coming up after the news, we're going to chat more about celebrity stuff because there's just so many people calling in, and I appreciate it. So uh, we'll see you right back here on Kitchener Today, City News 570. Hey, welcome back to Kitchener Today on City News 570. I just want everyone to know that that break was my fault. The dead air that happened there, that was entirely me. It was all on me. And if the big boss man here wants to fire me, he can try. 
Uh, it's Brittle Star. Uh, and I'm guest hosting today on Kitchener Today and City News 570. We're talking about meeting celebrities, and we've had tons of phone calls and uh, lots of amazing stories. We had some amazing insight about the psychology of it with Dr. Coral out there in uh, B.C. And um, it's been fascinating to me. I love stories about meeting celebrities. Uh, if you're going to call in and tell us a story, it's 519-570-2545, 519-570-2545. Or if you're long distance, one 800 Five seven zero five seven one five, and if you're from the states, you have to use the uh, the area code, not the eight hundred number. I'm guessing because I know someone was mentioning that they're having problems getting through in the eight hundred number on Twitter. So five one nine five seven zero two five four five. Long distance is cheap, and what an opportunity to get your voice on the radio. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? Um, I've been lucky enough to meet lots of uh, celebrities, and it's so nice when they're genuine. One time we got to work with Alan Thick, and uh, we worked with him for an entire afternoon. He arrived, driven three hours to get to where we were filming in, in Los Angeles, and uh, he came and with, with props to film these videos for social media and with 12 pages of ideas, and I'm not making that up, 12 pages of ideas with highlighted parts and all that kind of stuff, and he pitched his ideas, and he would be pitching them to me, and I'd be like, you know, you don't ha- I mean, you don't have to sell yourself. You're Alan Thicke, man. Like, you're evidently super famous, and everyone knows who you are, and you're a super nice guy. It's really great. He was so nice. He was fantastic. I remember him asking, it was myself and my family who were filming with him, and he was like, so where are you guys from? And uh, we were from Stratford, and he's like, oh, from Bieberville. Yeah, Robin was just down in St. Bart's with the Bieber. Had a good weekend. And uh, I just really wanted an excuse to do my Alan Thicke impersonation. Jordan, the producer, has no idea who Alan Thicke is. And he, do you? No. <laughs> it was Sorry. spot on. Sorry. It was an amazing impersonation of Alan Thicke, which is fantastic. He also, he's like, he was known as America's dad, America's favorite dad. And uh, I stole that when he passed away. I stole that line from his bio and changed it to the internet's favorite dad because he used to spell it favorite with the Canadian way. He said, even when we met him that time, he had such good dad advice. At the time, uh, his son, uh, Robin Thicke, was going through the whole copyright thing with uh, with uh, Marvin Gaye's family about the song Blurred Lines and all that kind of stuff. And, and he had this really great insight. He was like, well, I told Robin, you know, this is a really good, by the way, Jordan, this is a very good impersonation. Uh, he said, well, I told Robin, you know, you, that song made you $6 million and you got to give back three. You still got three. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly it. Alan Thicke, that's fantastic. I love that. Let's hear some more celebrity stories. We've got Steve on the line. Steve, you're on the air. Sorry to keep you waiting. What's your celebrity story? Well, uh, I'm just sitting here having a uh, butter tart drink. Oh, and, fantastic. And I thought I would tell you the story about uh, September 28, 2018. I happened to be in mm. Winnipeg mm. staying at the Radisson. Okay. And uh, we were coming back from lunch, and it was around 3 in the afternoon. <clears throat> Excuse me. And there were a bunch of police cars and everything all around the front of our hotel. And I thought, wow, there's been a murder in our hotel. How exciting. (laughs) Why are all these kids standing here with Sergeant Pepper records and Sharpies? Oh, right. What's going on? Yeah. So we walk into the hotel and the police have a line cleared from the elevator to the front door. And I thought, you know what? Paul McCartney's here. (gasps) Tonight's the night. So, so we stand there. Paul McCartney comes out. You know, there's people hanging around. Sure. Comes over towards me, gives me a wave. No. This is like the biggest event of my life. Yeah. And then carries on. And I think, like, this is it. I, there, there's nothing more to live for. Yeah. I, I've 
I've been so within cool. three feet of Paul McCartney. He yeah. gave to me. I got a picture of him. Amazing. So, so we carry on. <clears throat> Excuse me. I go to my room and I phone every relative I know to tell them about <laughs> this. Every radio station. <laughs> and I've been doing it for three years ever since. Well, that's fantastic. That's but what... anyway, so we go to the concert. And we're coming back. He was at the Winnipeg Arena that night. We're leaving the concert and we're coming back. And I thought to myself, wouldn't it be funny if we got back to the hotel at the same time Paul McCartney did? <laughs> walk in the lobby. All these police SUV pulls up. Paul McCartney gets out. But there's a big crowd this time. Sure. So they clear the elevator. <clears throat> Excuse me. His party has the top two floors, 18 and 19. Yeah. We're on the 11th. But there's a, kind of a big crowd, but they usher him into the elevator and go. And then the rest of us are allowed to use the elevators. Right. So we get in the elevator with 25 other people. Right. In a 13 capacity elevator. Yeah, yeah. And we can't hit the 11th floor because, you know, it's packed. Right. Shoulder to shoulder. So everybody's getting off as we go up. We miss our floor. Right. Finally, we're at like... 16th floor. Oh. And there's only the, my wife and I uh-huh. and this young lady who happens to be Nancy Chevelle. Okay. Cartney's wife. Yeah. So we chatted. She said, Where are you going? <laughs> like, why are you going what? to our floor? <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we explained, Oh, it was an elevator mix up. Blah, blah. Couldn't hit our button. Yeah. So we saw Paul McCartney, kind of semi met him, had a nice chat with Nancy Chevelle. Right. And that was it. That's fantastic. That's until a great... Until the next morning. Until the next morning. Oh, it keeps going. When the band is in the lobby. Okay. So Paul's nowhere to be found, but the band is there. So my wife, she's she has, you know, an obsession with collecting celebrity pictures. Okay. She says, I got to get a picture with the band. Okay. Well, the security's all there. Nobody's getting a picture with anybody here. Right. Brian Ray, who is a guitar player. Yeah. Calls my wife over and says, you know what? You can take a picture, as long as you don't bite. Yeah. So we got a picture with Brian Ray. Fantastic. So two Paul McCartney sightings, elevator ride with Nancy Chevelle, picture with Brian Ray. That's pretty great. That's a result for a trip to Winnipeg. That's pretty great. That's pretty fantastic. I thought you were going to say that uh, it was going to be another story about me, because I was in Winnipeg in 2018 and October 31st, so I got excited initially. But uh... when, when, when you go to Winnipeg, you usually have low expectations. <laughs> <laughs> you dress warm and you hope it's not mosquito season, basically. Exactly. That's fantastic. Thanks for sharing the story, Steve. I appreciate that. And thank you can you. thank you so much. Take care. Thank you. Uh, you can find that uh, I tweeted out to actually call one of the calls out for uh, people to tell celebrity stories on Twitter. Uh, Steve has a pitch. The picture he took of Paul McCartney is in that feed, and it's pretty great. It's a pretty dynamic picture. We're going to talk to Ted, who's been waiting for ages to talk. Uh, there you go, Ted. You're on the air. What's your celebrity story? Yeah, I was about uh, 18, amateur uh, folk singer, uh, guitarist, and uh, I was coming home from university in the States, uh, which was on a different schedule, and so by the time I got back to Canada, uh, home, all the summer jobs were gone, and I was feeling depressed, and I couldn't find a job. So my mom bought me tickets to see my idol, Joni Mitchell. Amazing. Oh, wow. So... So I went down to Stratford and I stayed overnight in a tent and, and uh, got my tickets uh, at the festival theater. And then I went down and rented a canoe and I was paddling along the little river there. In the yeah. River, I guess in 
Stratford, and and I see Joni Mitchell sitting at the side of the river painting. She was she she's an artist. Yes, a writer composer, and uh, of course, being uh, a crazy fan idiot, I pulled my <laughs> pulled my canoe over and and pulled up my guitar out of the canoe and went up and and said hello to her and sat down. Told her I was having trouble. Learning one of her songs. Right. Good lead. So she uh, pulled out her guitar. Uh, no. And and showed me the chord structure for that song. No way. Uh, which I still play to this day. And uh, and later that night uh, during the concert, she dedicated the song uh, to me. Oh, wow. And, and so I was uh, <clears throat> completely blown away, still am, and... Uh, still a huge fan of hers to this day she's my favorite and uh that's that's my story and i'm sticking to it <laughs> that's fantastic thanks so much i mean how many people would just love to have guitar lessons from Joni mitchell that's amazing Absolutely. that's yeah. fin- so thanks so much for sharing it today i appreciate that my pleasure take care um that's amazing fantastic story there's uh, you know if you're looking to tell us your story, please do. The number to call in is 519-570-2545. Again, it's 519-570-2545. If you're calling long distance in Canada, it's 1-800-570-5715, 1-800-570-5715. If you're somehow stuck in the 90s, you can do star 570, and that'll connect you somehow. Um, lots of amazing stories about meeting celebrities. As I mentioned, you know, I've been lucky enough to work with lots of celebrities. I remember when I was 10 years old, I met Andrea Martin, who also Jordan wouldn't know who that is either. Do you, Jordan? I didn't, I didn't even recognize the name. You didn't even recognize the name. Say it again. Andrea Martin. No, no. Do you ever heard of SCTV? Uh, no, wait, say it. No, I haven't. (laughs) I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you. I just, That's I good. Don't, I don't want you to lie to me. I don't know. This relationship is <laughs> built on trust, and I want you to make sure you're not lying to me. I've, I've been living under a rock, I guess. No, you're just very young. That's okay. just it. You're just very young. That's okay. someday, someday, people won't care about your special things either, Jordan. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'm. I'm. I'm ready for it. <laughs> I got to prepare for that. That's awesome. Well, I'm going to talk to Paul and see what Paul has to say. Paul, you're on the air. What's your celebrity story? Well, I'm in the golf cart business down in Fond Hill at the time, and I'm getting golf carts out of a really nice plush course, and this gentleman walks up, and I just turned. I I didn't work there, but I I was uh, delivering the carts to the course for a tournament, and uh, he he says, could you give me a cart, sir? Certainly, certainly. And uh, I looked at him as I saw him. Gee, that looks really familiar. He looks really, yeah. Uh, So I get him his cart. I said, there you go, sir. Everything's set up for you. Everything's there. Uh, let me put your clubs on the back. So he put, I put my clubs in the back. Huh. And he hands me a $5 bill. I said, no, 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 no. I don't work here, sir. I'm, I'm the gentleman that supplies the golf carts. Right. For the tournaments and everything. And uh, I said, you look really familiar to me. And he started into a chorus of tie a yellow ribbon around the old. No road. way. <laughs> the other funny one, I'm sitting when I was much younger, I got transferred from the Bank of Montreal into Toronto. I'm sitting at the Canadiana Motel at the, on Kennedy Road. Yeah. And I'm in the beverage room having a beer after work. And in walks this guy in what we call a, the farmer's dinner jacket, the plaid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, of course. Yeah. And he's got a great big German police dog to him. And he's a not a tall man, but a big A man. big guy, okay. Uh, and uh, the place was jammed. And he said, Mind if I sit with you? 
no, right? No problem at all, sir. And the waiter was there in like uh, 10 seconds and dropped off 12 beers. Oh, wow. And I just went, oh, my God. Yeah. And I had two beers in front of me, two draft glasses. Yeah. I get through half of mine of my first glass, and he's through his three. Oh, gosh. And I'm going, and I looked at him, and he looked at me, he says, you ever go to wrestling? I said, yes, sir. Uh, I do back in Kitchener. I was the, I was the doorman at the, around the wrestling ring. Right. You ever see me there? I said, no, I didn't see her. I saw a lot of the other good wrestlers, but, um, he's, Oh, shakes pulled pull sticks on his hand, and it was a it was a big hand. Yeah, Yukon Eric. Oh wow, that's fantastic. <laughs> so those were my two funny stories. That's fantastic. Tony Orlando and Yukon Eric is pretty great. Well, thank you so much, Paul. I appreciate you calling in and telling us the stories. Now I'm just a bingo card delivery man. Have well, you never day. know. You never know who you're going to meet. <laughs> right on. Bye-bye. Take care. That's pretty great. I think what's interesting about the celebrity thing we were talking earlier in the show about uh, how social media and internet celebrities, of course, are are just as prominent because they get the thing is with social media, you get people on YouTube or whatever, and you get these videos that are watched, uh, you know, more people who are watched more than a television show is. So it and it's also right down to even like TikTok artists and and it's down to YouTube and it's down to Twitter and Facebook and all that kind of stuff. And there are people which is really new, uh, I think still fairly new, even though it's been about, you know, I've been doing this for nine years, doing social media for nine years. And I remember going for dinner one time with uh, a woman who was a, a prominent uh, personality on social media. And she was having this conversation because she'd kind of like newly found a little bit of celebrity. This was in LA. And she was like, I find it really weird. She was like, I met this young woman today who was shaking when she met me. And I was like, this is so, don't be so stupid. Don't be, you know, don't be silly. And I said to her, well, no, it's, it's just like meeting anyone from television or meeting anyone from the movies. It's the same thing. It's just a, it's just a new medium. And I know that um, Jordan, our producer here, had said that he met 3478. Is that right? Yes. Yes, I did. Uh, it was just like a little meet and greet after his first ever concert that he had in Toronto. Right. Amazing. So, so tell the people who are listening, who, what's his big, the big tune again? Uh, dancing in my room. Right. Swinging in my feet. Yeah, that one. Yeah, do it's it again. Very, very sing catchy. Some, sing some more. Dancing in my room, uh-huh. swinging my feet. It makes you want to sing. Yeah, I like it. You're, I love you're it. dancing in your room. Yeah, exactly. Swinging so your feet. Were the, was three, four, seven, eight nice? Yes. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, he was very wholesome. Like a uh, very real performance, and it, it didn't seem didn't seem like he was just there just to be there. He seemed like he was there for all the fans. Right. So that's amazing. Nice. That's really nice. So that's is that the first person, sort of prominent social media TikTok person you've met? Uh... Yeah, I guess personally, I, yeah, yeah, uh, they're they're pretty big. I I didn't really like have like a full blown conversation. It was more of just like a. And who do you want to meet? Is there somebody you want to meet from TikTok or or even music or something? Uh yeah, definitely. I would I would meet any of the big names in in the music industry for yeah. hip hop. Yeah, like, uh, like Drake and and all them, all them. Yeah, uh, like Kanye maybe. Like uh, anyone who's big and influential with music, I I love because I just love music. So right, that's fantastic. Yeah, so that's exciting. I'm going to talk to uh, Howard's been waiting here for a little while. Howard, you're on the air. What's your celebrity story? Well, going way back to the mid '60s, I had uh, a chance to be on the, the Generals for three exhibition games before my knee went. Oh wow! And twenty years later. I'm uh, helping evaluate the team in, in Kitchener for under 18 uh-huh. in Canada. 
and there's Don Cherry, McLean, wow. staff of Toronto, and Bobby Orr. Oh, wow. Uh, I walked up. My son was with me, and I said, this is Bobby Orr, Scott. And uh, and Bobby said, hi, Howard. How are you doing? And I uh, waited for my son to say something, but he couldn't because his mouth was open. <laughs> So he has that story my dad played with Bobby Orr. <laughs> That's pretty great. Yeah, it, it is. I still live on that. And he lives on it, too. And anyway, that's just a little story, a little tip. I love it. Thanks so much for sharing it, Howard. I appreciate it. Bye. Take care. That's fantastic. We're going to talk to Laura as well. Laura, you're on the air. What's your celebrity story? Well, mine happens in a time of long ago. <laughs> Okay. Back in uh, 1992. Okay. Uh, so I know who Andrea Martin is. The good. See Jordan. See. Yes, and I. Can I already heard this song Alan when I was screening Waxman. the call. <laughs> how, how about Alan Waxman? Okay. Yes, of course. Yes, yeah. I think well, Alan is I his. That, Alan was his polite name. Just Al to me. <laughs> oh, I never got to that point. So <laughs> I was I was spending time in Kingston as one often does. Mm-hmm. And Kingston has um, a great life. It does. Uh, with many Hollywood folks who come and spend weekends mm-hmm. uh, and invite people up. Mm-hmm. And it's possible in uh, 1992, I may have been hitting my 21st birthday. Right, okay. And as one does in the days of, you know, May, early June, um, one would do a pub crawl when there were literally just pubs after pubs after pubs all the way down and down Kingston. Right. And so I naturally ended up with, in one with several girlfriends, and being the shy person that I had did, it, it took a really long time for them to find out that it was my birthday, which obviously necessitated people buying me drinks. Right, of course. Exactly. So don't I end up with someone who's, who's very famous, um, but is a, really, <laughs> is a really nice guy, but who enjoyed the the idea that he and I were creating a story that I could use in 30 years. Oh my, okay. I want you to hang on, Laura. I want you to, we just have to stop for a really quick break, but I need to okay. hear more of these details because I'm going to dig in on them. So just hold on where you are, okay? We're going to okay. stop for a quick break. You're listening to Kitchen Today on City News 570. Welcome back to Kitchener Today on City News 570. I'm Brittle Star. Some people call me Stuart Reynolds, mainly if... It's on a bill, usually. That's the way it goes. Um, we've been talking about meeting celebrities, and we were right before break, we were talking to Laura, and Laura was telling us a tale about a celebrity in uh, Kingston, Ontario, uh, in back in the early 90s when she was but a young woman. And uh, there's, it was so juicy that I wanted to hold, get her to hold on for us to come back from the break so we could talk about it. So, Laura, if I'm, if I'm correct here, correct me if I'm wrong. So we're, the time is 1992. You've just, you're about 21 years old. And you're in Kingston, and this celebrity has said, uh, sort of like hanging out with you, and wants to said, said to you, I want to turn this into a story you can tell 30 years from now. Exactly. So it's entirely possible that I'd already had several drink spots. Okay, so okay. was very friendly and very uh, effusive, mm-hmm. um, which got along very well with this particular actor. You okay. Know, there's a lot of laughter, which in and of itself is the joy of the story. Okay. <laughs> Just the fact that you could sit and have a laugh with this yes. person. Yeah. And it became a thing and possible that I spent further years there. So may have become someone who got known <gasps> and ran into him frequently <gasps> going forward. Um, so we are sitting and uh, 
we start to decide, okay, now what sort of things do, you know, could, could I buy you a drink of? Yeah. And sort of like, you know, did you do the 1960s, you know, cocktail right. or what we were doing? And um, to set the stage, this is the time of um, songs like Tub Something. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Chumbawamba. Yeah. Jordan yes, wouldn't know exactly. who that is, but that's okay. Exactly. So uh, the music wasn't great. <laughs> Um, and so drink names were, were, were even more. Yes. Yeah. Yes. A little, some of them got crass. Yeah. Some of them got crass. So, uh, we decided that we couldn't use the, the, the idea that I'd had sex on a beach. Yes. Yeah. Two on the nose. Yeah. That, no, no, that would also be very problematic as, uh, his wife was someone who I also knew. Oh. It was really nice. Right. You don't do that sort of thing. No. Yeah. And we're Canadians. Exactly. So of course, we don't have those types of stories. Uh-huh. So, of course, we go back and forth, and there's a great deal of input and many tasting of, of saying things because, you know, you have to drink the right one. So we finally got to the fact that um, in 1992, a gentleman who had been on uh, the great SNL yeah. um, did, in fact, uh, get me an orgasm. <gasps> That is a story, and it sounds it's racier than it is, but it's a story. It sounds exactly, and the funny thing is, is the another another time I ran into him, I was working in a lingerie store. <gasps> Come on, Laura. Oh yes, and another time we were going into lawyers <laughs> at the same time, and we got on the on the elevator and looked at each other, and it had gotten to the point where we do each other to smile at one another. Oh. That is a great story. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that so much. Kingston is a good place to go for stories. It is. You just, you run into them. And I think the biggest accomplishment is for the first time since the 1970s, I managed to stay on the line without having the radio going on in the background. <laughs> and driving you in the I think we've all grown. We've all grown today. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the extent of my technical ability, but really glad to to uh, talk to you. Glad to be on. Thank you. Great stuff. And thanks for the fun. Oh, thanks so much, Laura. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, there you go. Well, that pretty much does it for me. And uh, what an amazing amount of stories. Thank you so much to everyone who called in. And uh, thank you especially to producers Brittany, Polly, Brent, and Jordan who have... Uh, guided me through this. I'm not sure if I'll be doing this again, but I have enjoyed having you along for the ride and having some fun. So have a great day and have a great time doing whatever you're doing. And I hope you meet lots of celebrities. Uh, And uh, that's about it. So uh, take care of yourself. You've been listening to Kitchener Today on City News 570.